0: Uh, no, I'm always confused. <laughs> Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak.
1: Look at him. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry.
0: What was that? That was a mistake.
2: <laughs> I messed it up. All right. Give me another cue.
0: <clears throat> 10, 9, hit it. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak.
2: It's Sunday, January 12, 2014. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode
3: 582. This is No Agenda
2: over here when told to look over there at FEMA Region 6 here at the Travis Heights hideout in Austin,
0: Texas. In the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley where we're looking nowhere, I'm John C. Dvorak.
4: It's and Buzzkill. In the morning.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I, they're
2: telling me to look over here, there, somewhere else. Never, never looking.
0: We, to... we don't start looking for stuff for another, what? what, two weeks? Oh, for the six-week cycle you mean? Yeah, it's coming up. Well, no, it's... The... And I'm, no, by no, the way, no, no, no. I'm this... totally convinced it's going to be in Indianapolis.
2: Okay, well, uh, do you recall one of your predictions for 2014? No. The end of the six-week cycle?
0: Oh, yeah, right. Well,
2: well I think your prediction is going to come true sooner than you expected, my friend. Oh? Uh?
0: Yeah, we've been busted. Oh, well, we've been busted by a bunch of people.
2: Well, this is uh, this is our producer, Matt. Uh, he sent me a note. He said, uh, in the morning, this is, uh, my, This morning, my 16-month-old woke me up at 5.40 a.m. to clean his shit-filled diaper. So the only thing worth watching on TV was C-SPAN. I was only able to get through on the Republican line. <laughs> Have you seen or heard his uh, outstanding PR moment for the No Agenda show? Yeah, it was quite good.
5: Here's Matt from Reno, Nevada. Republican line, Hello.
3: In the morning. Uh, I was just calling. I, I'm a, a watcher of C-SPAN and also a listener of the show called No Agenda. I'm with Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak. Hey.
2: All right, right there. Great. Great. <laughs> it's about time. Finally. Finally. bring up And by the way, um, Matt was calling, and uh, the guest on the Washington Journal for the call-in show was the president of the FBI Agents Association. Uh, which I think is kind of like a drinking club, maybe. John, is that what that sounds like, or
0: it's probably a combination drinking club and union, uh, union, and thing? internal lobbying
2: operation. Okay. And this and this guy was very interesting, particularly his answer uh, to uh, to Matt's question, which I'll play without further interruption. I'm a,
3: a watcher of C-SPAN and also a listener of the show called No Agenda. And with Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak, they, they bring up an interesting point a lot uh, in their deconstruction of the media and also what's sort of going on with our FBI and our federal agencies.
2: <laughs> the guy, by the way, he's looking at the camera like,
3: what? <laughs> what? What's this? What's this? And they bring up a good point of every six weeks, almost <laughs> to the to the week or on the dot. There's some type of <laughs> FBI sort of bust that goes down. And uh, it's been explained too that it's possibly you know a, a cycle that they like to have because otherwise you can't really keep the American people scared.
2: <laughs> now, now, when 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 he mentioned the six weeks, the FBI guy he 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 squirmed a little. There was there was you know there's some subtle movement of his. The body language shifted just ever so slightly.
3: Uh, I was just wondering what your comments were on that, and also, is it is it legal to uh, sort of entrap people with, like those guys in Ohio who didn't have the capa- capability or means to actually detonate or set up a bomb on a bridge, but were uh, arrested and thrown in jail, and the last one's actually just trying to fight for his life? And- All
2: right, so here's what I would recommend for Matt, and good job, by the way, Matt. Um, that was a complicated example. It, it probably would have been better if you said, you know, that guy that you hounded for two months and set him up with fake explosives and then made him go to the Wichita airport. That would have been a little easier, more recent example. I think a lot of people have forgotten about uh, the bridge example. But anyway, let's listen, because I think the FBI agent or the president of the Agents Association kind of confirmed it.
6: I mean, Caller, we'll leave it there. Mr. Terici
4: Uh... The FBI investigates uh, thousands of cases uh, with with the proper media attention to those cases. (laughs) We like to show the American people what it is that we do to keep them safe. And also,
2: Wait, wait, uh, didn't he just agree? Yeah. Didn't he just
4: say, yeah, we like, you know, no, that we're keeping you safe, citizen. (laughs) Try to show criminals and terrorists that we, the FBI, are out there. We're boss. Uh, I'm not aware of any six-week cycle that you're talking about, uh-huh. and I'm not aware of the <laughs> facts of your case. All that I'll say is the individuals that you referenced were brought through a very, le- a very regimented legal process with a strict adherence to the Constitution of the United States of America, and a jury of their peers will decide whether they did what they are accused of doing. Wow.
2: Good job, Matt. Excellent. Excellent.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe you're right. Maybe the six week cycle would be canned in favor of something a little. You know, what they need to do is an offset cycle for a four seven. You can't go too far because you can't go too long past six weeks. I think that's. (laughs) I think Matt kind of hit it, which is our thesis, which is you can't. The American public starts to relax. Yeah, exactly. So you got to keep them tense and on edge. So they could do. but they still have to forget the other one. Isn't yeah, you? you know, the yeah. six is, a, is the magic number. I don't know what they're going to do about. It. Maybe well, they just say screw. It. Who listens to those idiots? <laughs>
2: That's probably what's going on right now. Hey, boss, uh, I got this call about the six-week cycle,
0: and uh, who is it? I don't know. He's talking about some dudes. Some guys, we looked it up. It's a stupid podcast. It's a a podcast. Wait, are you telling me a podcast you're concerned about anything a podcaster's are doing? (laughs) What are you, an idiot? No, no, it went like
2: this. Did they win any of the podcast awards? No. Oh, oh, please.
0: Those guys can't be taken seriously then. Yeah, they're nuts. (laughs) I'm driving in San Francisco. I'm going up Gary Street, and then two lanes over... I hear it the loud in a loud voice, ITM. No. Oh <laughs> yeah, of course. And I look over and it's a guy, it's a cabbie. Oh really? That's cool. Oh wait, yeah. was it was it Tony the terrorist, maybe? I don't think so. I couldn't see him. He was way over. I, he spotted me somehow. Oh. maybe he was following me. Wait, Whatever wait, he's wait, following. And and the San Francisco cab companies on the side of there, all there's big giant yellow cabs. It says it, it has their phone number three three three. <laughs> Dash three 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 three. Yeah,
2: what does that tell you?
0: So anyway, so he took off. I gave him a thumbs up.
2: That's funny. Were you in the in the Acura?
0: Acura. I was in the old Lexus. Oh, I'm sorry. Acura, Lexus. Yeah. Why did I think an Acura? I don't know. I'm not a Honda person. No.
2: Well, what what is Lexus? Lexus is Toyota. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's a good car. How how old is it? It's- almost 21 years old yeah
2: I, I was thinking the other day i, I said to me, mickey always thinks her car is dangerous because well it is dangerous it's a cardboard box with a corvette engine uh because you know it's meant to have children or you know i don't know stuff in the back it's so it's a the ford expedition yeah so if it's just her and it's a little wet yeah you know <laughs>
0: yeah just flip up flip it over <laughs> yeah i
2: said you yeah, go easy on the corner but I said, this is a good car, you know, and, uh, but it's 2005. It's, uh, it's, all, it's now nine years old.
0: Yeah. Wow, well, it's getting... Uh. Well, here's the weird thing about this old Lexus. Mm. Um, there has not been one taillight, headlight, interior light. Really? There hasn't been one bulb that has burned really? out in that car. In 21 years. Wow. That's which which it, it, and I, when I see that, I just they just obviously they can make bulbs that last forever yeah. if they want to.
2: Yeah, where well, we I just replaced a couple bulbs in the kitchen, and it's these f- f- thirty-eight watt, God knows what they. But it says on the box one thousand hours. Uh, what is that? Yeah, it says right on the one thousand hours. And, yeah, that's, and,
0: and it blows up in one thousand. No, hours.
2: no, it blows up around nine hundred.
0: Well, <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Uh,
2: Yeah. Anyway, so that really made my day when I heard that. And and it just goes to show uh, that it can be done. Well, here's
0: what's going to happen. They probably won't drop the cycle because it would go. I I think that that our fake conversation was probably pretty accurate. And the other thing is, eh, it's working. You know, they got one or two guys. What difference does it make? The public doesn't care. The big media doesn't do anything about it. They're just going to keep lapping this stuff up. Yeah, that's true. But I still think Indianapolis. It, we had that that message from Pelly about the guy in Indianapolis shoveling snow. That was the Mexican in Indianapolis. Yeah, the Mexican in Indianapolis. Uh,
2: the, you're so wait a minute. Uh, you, this is new. You didn't tell me you thought that the uh, the last I re- recall the so the six week cycle which would kick in around February first or second. You were saying possibly Super Bowl. Uh, it would be even better because it's at the Meadowlands, which is New Jersey. It's right near near New York. But
0: that that no, would no, be- I, I no, I've actually specifically said that I don't believe they would attack oh, a sporting event like okay. that because it would it would hurt business. Yeah. You, you can't hurt business, right? I agree. You just I want agree. to terrorize the public.
7: Right.
2: <laughs> remind Big them difference. who. Remind them who's boss.
0: Now, Indianapolis came up in that report from Scott Pelly where he said this guy in Indianapolis is shoveling snow, and it had nothing to do with the report or anything else, and it it specifically was Indianapolis. And so then I'm watching the uh, PBS show, and they have changed – they have this – I was watching the end. It's only the BBC America. They have this little ending where they show this kind of a a weird globe, and it's kind of of made out of ribbon, and it's kind of spinning, and there's little cities coming – floating around on the screen – and then they cut away they cut away and they, they, the, the, the thing reappeared and indianapolis came out into the middle of the screen, screen and slid off to the left <laughs> wow, really yeah mm-hmm. now if anybody's watched the series rubicon yeah uh, you would, this is the kind of thing that just like it's just code is this is that, i mean we don't know anything about how about 33 even works but we right. do notice these things and this crazy report with this guy's from Indianapolis, and now I'm seeing Indianapolis. Why Indianapolis would come out of this BBC logo hmm. is beyond me. But I'm say, suspecting that Indianapolis has got something. Something's going to happen in Indianapolis.
2: Okay. Well, it's a good a place as any. I mean, yeah.
0: come <laughs> it's on. A good middle America.
2: I mean, Wichita, Kansas? I mean, you know, if, if, if that's where they're going for, they might as well do Indianapolis.
0: Yeah, well, Indianapolis has got a little more going for it than uh, Wichita. Yeah, I'll have to agree. Not much, but No,
2: no, I've I've been to both places and I would have to agree Indianapolis has a lot more going for it. Uh but they've got to hurry up because, you know, here's an ask John, can you tell me what this is? <laughs> Any ideas I would suspect that's a food riot very very, very close. It is a riot. It is indoors uh, there are things being thrown, but uh, not food uh, laptops, water uh, shoes uh, that is the Turkish Parliament last week uh- <laughs> where the fisticuffs but there are people jumping up on chairs and and jumping down on people. This is Turkish Parliament.
0: Yeah, you used to see this in the Taiwanese parliament.
2: Yeah, but th- but now it's happening in Turkey. There's 20,000 people protested on the streets of Ankara yesterday. Oh, I'm sorry, you didn't see that on CNN? Gee, I wonder. Um, and what is taking place is, we. I've been keep, keeping my eye very closely on what's happening in Turkey, it being the gateway uh, from for Russia and China, for Russia for gas, for t- China for the... Trans-Eurasian rail system, high-speed rail. Um, Of course, uh, there's all kinds of competing interests. There is now talk of, and and i found this interesting, uh, Erdogan is now being accused of trying to stage a civilian coup, which I don't quite understand how you can stage a civilian coup. I thought a coup was... He kind of had to have the army involved.
0: I think a coup is a coup. Mm. Well, he's already in charge. This is what's interesting. Yeah, so what's he he going to do? I'm taking over from myself. Yeah, well. (laughs) And then punch himself in the nose. (laughs)
2: Uh, Started December 17th, investigation into corrupt practices of uh, many uh, Turkish bureaucrats, ministers, mayors, uh, was started uh, by the Justice Department, which, and I think we've talked about this before, uh, is uh, run by a lot of Gulenists. I should pronounce that properly. Gulenists, uh, who were educated in the Gulen schools, run by fatula Gulen. This is the Imam who has uh, is in self-imposed exile in um, in his compound in Pennsylvania, in the Poconos. Uh, yeah, and runs all of the Gulen schools, the Harmony schools. In over 160 countries, he, uh, the, the Gulenists also run the largest newspaper in uh, in Turkey. And uh, so, what they found was millions of uh, equivalent of dollars, but of course, it was Turkish lira. Millions in shoe boxes uh, stuck away in in some of these uh, member of parliament's closets, and people have been arrested and and this is you know, there's a takeover taking place and and now you have this organized protest because whenever you see 20,000 people with identical flags all nicely on poles and stuff Yes, yeah, it's a you know, bad that, sign that, yeah that's a, that's an organized protest um and uh, you know the only thing that i think you and i really agree on here is rubble is coming
0: Well Turkey would be a real uh, making Turkey into rubble is going to be not easy, but it just and dep- I don't know what the advan- what, why we want to do it
2: It just depends on what part
0: well yeah, you could do it to the to the eastern part of Turkey, which mm-hmm. is uh, mm-hmm. where the Kurds are you know I keep looking at this they keep doing this Iraqi th- Iraqi thing and uh,
2: northern Iraq, the Kurds you mean
0: well, I'm no. I all the, 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 the stuff that's going on in the country as a whole, and now I'm noticing every time they show a picture of uh, Iraq on the any of these TV shows, they always have the that one Anwar province as a separate uh, color. Oh, really? And yeah, always, huh. Huh. always. Huh. And then there's then there's a Greater Turkey, or, I'm sorry, Greater Iraq, and yeah. then you have this this province, and I I believe they're going to try to divide that country up into at least three. Uh, separate countries because there's no way that this is going to continue the way it's going. It's it's not naturally that big country anyway. It's unnatural.
2: I've I've really been trying to understand the entire region. I don't think uh, people like us, you and I, John, who were born and raised uh, in the West, I don't think we are equipped to really understand the true culture of. And these are all made up countries. I mean, you know, Iraq, Iran, Syria. None of this existed. You know, that was just you know we. After uh, was was this uh, after was this 1918 in Paris when we said oh let's make up some let's draw some lines here was that 1912
0: 19 it was right after the war right
2: after the after the Great War the the First World War we just drew up some lines and oh, here it is and uh, this will just have to do but it seems like the and a lot of people who have uh, who are from Turkey have been emailing me I've been talking to uh, journalists who are working on exposes of the the Gulenist movement by the way. I looked, at, I pulled out a Form 990 of the Cosmos Foundation.
7: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, the Cosmos Foundation runs the Harmony Schools, which are the, you know, they're all over Texas, but they're all over the United States. You know, they received in, in just this one uh, Gulen related organization in 2012. I'll get you the exact number. I'm pulling up the form here. Uh, their income from government grants was $168,372,729 from government grants, from our own government.
0: What does that tell you?
2: (laughs) Yeah, and it's all these charter schools. I guess if you start a charter school, the government gives you money. Is that how it works?
0: Not that I know of, but I guess it is how it
2: works. Well, they're getting something, and then there's all these government bonds... Which is about another fifty million dollars uh, that you know that they participate in. Anyway, total assets for just this one nonprofit organization three hundred and eight million dollars, dude. All you only got to skim ten percent, and you can print up some nice signs in Ankara. <laughs> you know this. <laughs> ten percent, wow. Yeah, I mean it's 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 really quite, and this is just one of the many organizations. This thing is so deep and it's just, wow, it's just, and it's all taxpayer money. There must be at least half a billion a year of taxpayer money going into this outfit. And uh, here's Erdogan's <clears throat> Erdogan's quote. <clears throat> he, of course, the prime minister of, of Turkey. Uh, he says, this is a conspiracy. The United States and Israel are behind it. Uh, that's fighting words right there, I'd say. And, of course, he he, he, he could be right. Um, All I know is that, you know, we are scheduled to connect the Nabucco Nabucco pipeline, which is uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, uh, work, from uh, Azerbaijan, from Baku. And uh, Azerbaijan, of course, has huge natural gas resources. The pipeline runs through Tbilisi, which is Georgia, where the the crazy Thai nut job was. Uh, and then it goes right through Turkey and all the way into Austria, into Europe, to feed anything but Russian gas. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's a lot going on. And then you have the religious, you have the two religious factions, the way I'm understanding it. The, uh, of course, the, you have the Shiites and the Sunnis. And, uh, you know, th- there's a big movement to bringing back the caliph, the caliphate, the, uh, the Ottoman Empire.
0: Yeah, that's kind of pathetic.
2: Yeah, but you know, it's stuff that I I can't even fathom it other than looking historically understanding how big the Ottoman Empire was and, and it, it 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 Constantinople was the center of the known universe at the time. <whistles> Is that a song I should recognize?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, it's got the word Constantinople. On it. <laughs> Um so some you know something is, is brewing
2: and I, I guess what'll be interesting to see is if if the secular Erdogan gets kicked out with all of his guys, if there will truly be a uh some form of a coup and who's really running everything behind the scenes and what it will mean longer term uh for that I would say for the prosperity of Europe. The European Union—it is—it truly is the gateway for them.
0: Well, the uh, Turks are uh, knee deep in the Syrian issue, issues, and they're the ones that are one of the pipelines that the CIA is using to move armaments into the uh, scene for the rebel building.
7: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and it's always—and it's interesting because Turkey—I don't know—something's weird about Erdogan because he r- originally came in as an Islamist. And then he got, uh, he started doing all kinds of improvements to the country, I mean, to the point where he was going to close parks and build giant malls, and became this ludicrous capitalist. Well, I think what happened first is that
2: everyone, you know, in the past, almost the past decade, everybody was talking about the Turkish wonder, and how, oh, it's unbelievable, look at the economy, look at the Turkish lira, which have now is, of course, collapsing, because all of that was... It was kind of the way I understand it was kind of this, Goldman Sachs. You know, they were doing the same thing they did in Greece, just dumping money in. And, oh, I get some more money. We'll put some more in. And now that's kind of stopped.
0: Which could also well, be there, attacked. There's a there's that element. The, and the other thing is, I was thinking about this rubble building, which mm-hmm. is, you know, creating rubble <laughs> everywhere.
2: Yes. <laughs> which I like to use a lot. <laughs> in well, it's general conversation. happening
0: everywhere you look. Yeah. And it just seems to be very beneficial uh, to do this. Uh, if you if you just think of Halliburton and Bechtel and all oh, these the guys, the rebuilding, yeah, the rebuilders, right? So they're gonna. So Central African Republic, of course, is going to be the uh, the big target for really making. I mean, it's already a mess, but you. But it's easier to have the country ruin itself and kill half the public, uh, and than it is to come in there with bulldozers to do it. So it's almost like it's almost like an organic process if you think about it. You let the country go to pot, uh you create all kinds of uh you know, un- you influence a, a kind of a dissolution of of public safety and security. You have a a mess where people start killing each other left and right, so mm-hmm. you knock the population way down. And then they burn everything to the ground and then throw take the rocks that are around and throw them around so they scatter the rocks so you have a nice you know, done by hand, of course. Nice
2: even. They throw rocks rock, at each other.
0: Bedrock, yeah. And uh, <laughs> then you, the end of places, they finally they run out of steam because you can't just butcher everybody. With you know, at some point, people come to their senses, yeah. and then you move in the uh, the big companies, the big rebuilding companies, and you get big fat contracts, and they take a piece of the action. The Chinese are looking forward to this too, but I think we're the guys who do the best job of it.
2: Well, from the thirty the Chi- from the thirty three World News uh, website. Um which is all news that has the the number thirty three in it. I uh, received today. Thirty three thousand foreign nationals evacuated from the Central African Republic. Code. Yeah, well it's from the voice the original is from the voice of Russia.
7: Well,
2: so it'd be I, interesting if the Russians are know what the code is.
7: I,
0: you know, I wish we could figure out the code.
2: What do you think? So, what do you think is next from for the CAR for the Central African Republic? And when uh, it, is it just time to have this rebelized?
0: I think it's already in the process. Uh, there is a lot of reports that uh, Doctors Without Borders have to. They've mostly vacated because they can't be in there. because pe- the rebels are coming into the hospitals and butchering people in there. The machetes are out. This is uh-huh. a Rwanda uh, right. fractal. Right. right. And we've done nothing about it. We've sat uh, silently. Because the French, you know, said, well, we're going yeah, to do Yeah, it's, it's their job. It's, it's, it's their job, yeah. and they've sent in all of 1,600 troops. Peacekeepers. Country, Yeah, peacekeepers. <laughs> peace and keepers. the country is about the size of France, so it's, it's nothing. It's ridiculous. And I think it's – and there all the reports are that it's just going to – it's not already broken loose. It's breaking loose quickly. And, and it'll be too late by the time we take action, so it's going to be a mess.
2: Well, I think what will need to happen is it will have to be a U.N. resolution
0: – don't you, you think? Don't come, it, it's already, it's too late. I mean, it's going to No, no, be,
2: no, no, no. But in order for us to go in, so the French oh, are yeah, in... Oh, no, yeah, we won't go in. No, they're doing their thing. I, I believe it, we need to have some kind of security council resolution or whatever. Um, let me just see. So, so to the east of the Central African Republic is, of course, uh, South Sudan. And that would be handy... Oh, let me look at this for a second. You always got to... People, you got to get a map. It's very important to use maps, particularly when it comes to the continent of Africa because you know those names change you have no idea what's going on um so if south south Sudan of course there's all the oil and the Chinese want to uh, have their their they're pumping it up north to port sudan to the uh, red sea and that's where so there's a lot of crap going on there it would be advantageous to move it west through the central african republic yeah no, maybe not. That's not going to happen. <laughs> what's no? You're right. What's with the um, let's looks Let's see what's going on around it. Uh, Cameroon. We haven't heard from. I should from mention
0: Cam- something that you uh, when we used the uh, Hiroshima effect uh, title, and then you had some links. Apparently, you linked to one of Buzzkill Junior's friends' uh, pro nuke website. He's a uh, he's an engineer in the in the industry. Yeah and uh, they got a bunch of hits and now we're getting a lot of nuke uh, engineers. Yes. This agenda.
2: Yeah, um like well, lots. Yeah, no, I know. It's a, there's a there's a central blog which I think is pro atomic bloggers or something. Maybe that's what I linked to. I don't know. Yeah. Um so of course we have a, one of our knights is uh Sir Rod, Atomic Rod, who is uh who spent his entire naval career yeah. on a nuclear submarine. And the Fukushima? No, not no, the uh, the Hiroshima. No, it's not called effect. It's called the uh, syndrome. Hiroshima. Yeah, the Hiroshima Syndrome blog is written by another. Which that's
0: was- the one. The Hiroshima Syndrome blog.
2: Oh well, I was referred to that through Atomic Rod. That's one of oh,
0: Buzzkill okay. Junior's well, buddies. One of the one of the guys in there. Mm-hmm. At least he's connected to it somehow. Yeah. We talk. In fact, we talk about this because he's J, Buzzkill Junior. So. Uh, you know, he, he's so tuned into this stuff that he is also he's talking about there. General Electric, by the way, is going to do uh, is going to have a big a nuke push in the next two years. This is kind of not known to anybody. Oh, and they are going to start promoting the little uh, the little bitty nukes, <laughs> the little ones. Oh, really? The backyard nukes or the or the, yeah. n- the neighborhood nukes uh, backyard. Huh? And neighborhood, there's apparently one. There's one. They've they've done some calculations. This was, I don't know how much confidence this was given to me in, but
2: yeah. Who's ah, this? screw it. What do you
0: care? Apparently, the the government working with GE has developed another technology, nuke technology, who, who uh, which is a something like 900 square foot product. Uh huh. That is enough to power the whole country, kind of thing. <laughs>
7: oh, shh,
2: shh. We
0: can't have that. We can't have. We can't have any solutions. So as we as we got <laughs> to this conversation, and by and not only that, but for pretty much infinity.
2: <gasps> yeah. Shh, don't tell anyone that we can do that.
0: <laughs> so we're talking about you know the the about the effect of petrodollars and how the world works with the American dollar and how they, every time someone tries to circumvent it because petrodollars allow us to have this huge debt because we really control the world's currency. Uh, which is, and uh,
2: and which a- is why we go and kick... If, you, if you're thinking of selling your oil for anything but United States dollars, you could wind up either hung
0: on YouTube... Yeah, you end up like Gaddafi.
2: Yeah, or you're, you're in a gutter <laughs> you're coming out of the, the gutter it's pipeline. Fivefold. Yeah, we'll shoot you there. So it's
0: not not a good idea, but it would change fundamentally change the way the world works. If what and you brought this up, if China says, "Okay, I we're done with the, playing these games," right? Which is the, which is what they're saying. Which is what they're saying. We have lots of engineers in China, and we can point them in any direction we want because our education system is pretty much government controlled, and we turned them into nuke engineers. There, if they go all uh, nuclear, it'll besides solving their air pollution and energy problems and putting them on a completely independent path, it would be It'd be a fundamental change to world politics, and it would no. get all the stuff that's going on that what w- we what we follow the pipelines and all the rest of it is over.
2: Could you imagine how much more money there would be to do other things with if we weren't if our energy wasn't based on oil and gas? And 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 if it also wasn't based on uh, solar and wind, which is a farcical, you know, but something real, something that really works, and once you've paid the initial, you know, once you've done the initial investment, it rolls on. You know, it's not it's just like a little football thing that's sitting in there and it's good for forty years
0: or longer, or longer. Well, four hundred. Well, so today's so technology. so
2: we talked about um, the Chinas uh, looking at going very heavy into nuclear. Uh, Ukraine, of course, which has been, you know, right in the middle of this. Well, they've kind of been torn on both sides. Either join the European Union, get a little bit of cash, you know, and and help us out, or uh, strengthen the ties with Russia. And of course, eighty uh, percent of Ukraine's gas transits into the European Union and now and and so this this kind of unresolved although they've said well we're not really going to join the european union now russia has given kiev a 6 billion dollar loan to develop atomic energy resources which makes nothing but sense
0: because you, i learned something else that's interesting chernobyl mhm was never meant to be a power generating facility. No, you know this?
2: Yes, I, of course I knew it was this. a bomb maker. It, yeah, it was. It was an. It was an actual weapons plant. Yeah, and they they, they jerry rigged it. It was poorly designed, by the way, and they did a dumb test, and that's what made it blow.
0: Yeah, they did a
2: really stupid
0: test, which was apparently po- the Ukraine. Apparently, this was built without the Ukrainians' knowledge by the Russians secretly mm-hmm. when they were still under Soviet control. And it, it, to this day, the Ukraine because half of the, this area is kind of contaminated, and it's it, to this day. there's one of the reasons the Ukrainians just hate the Russians. So the real Ukrainians, not the Russians living in the Ukraine, but uh, it's an interesting. This whole thing is just the nuke thing is is it's it, it's it has to happen. I mean, and not only that, but the people that are you know against it just per se because just like because they don't know any better. Who are also pro uh, global warming? They, I mean, this is they put themselves between a rock and a hard place with their logic. Yeah, it's it, well,
2: it's 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 risk. People, human beings, inherently do not understand how to gauge risk. Where, of course, you are much more likely to get in your car, drive to work, and be killed on the road, m- like magnitudes more likely than you are to be killed by a terrorist uh, or a nuclear uh,
0: plant uh, disaster. Um but there's tons of radiation coming over from <laughs> fukushima
2: this is this is it continues it does not stop this and and this is what 's so and there 's a couple things that I want to talk about today as well where I find myself now not on the side of the quote unquote alternative media and it's and it 's a it's scary territory for me. Uh, and and it really started with with the nuclear. Okay, be
0: scary. you? have Never been on the side of alternative media.
2: Well, <clears throat> if you look at okay, so of well, if, no, alternative media in general. I think that's not that's not true, John. We you know we we attack the status quo, we attack what the what the mainstream media is propagating. But then when you look, at... it started really started with with the nuclear fear mongering. And uh, you know, and taking oceanographic maps of wave patterns and turning that into this is how the radiation is flowing, and then these bullcrap stories about you know sailors you know being uh, dying from radiation sickness on the nuclear aircraft carrier, and on all of these stories which are being propagated throughout the alternative media like wildfire, and and they're saying oh the mainstream media is covering it up, and yeah the mainstream media doesn't cover a lot of things, whether that's called a cover up or not. Um, but, you know, then you get into other areas. For instance, I, I've i been reading up on the TPA. You know what the TPA is? This is uh, this bill that has been proposed, um, uh, which would allow, uh, it's basically fast-track authority for the president to negotiate. Right, to, uh, the, to
0: sign off on
2: treaties. Right, the Trans-Pacific uh, Partnership and the TTIP, which would be for the European Union. And the whole alternative universe is, yeah, we can't have this new old order. They're gonna fuck us. they going internet freedom's gonna go away. We won't have drugs. We're gonna die.
0: You've heard that guy? In the, yeah, that guy. He's around.
2: <laughs> and and I so you know me It's like I I I'll get the uh, the TPA bill and I, and I read it and I'm like, you know, this doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> and I'm and I'm afraid. I'm 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 literally afraid.
0: Not too bad. It, well, have you looked at it? No. It's not all that bad? Oh, well, if you say so. You like to look at this stuff and I take your word for I it. I love to look at this
2: stuff. You know, so we're talking about uh I I think it's we we need to put these agreements in place as the United States and uh and we need to put them in place. Because we've got nothing going for us except for, uh, really, our gas. What else do we have? We, we already, you know, selling stuff that blows people up and flies around and blows people up and flies without pilots and blows people up and tanks. Now, we're good. That would lock. We locked in is good. We know how to do that. I'm just being nationalistic here for a moment. Apparently. Well, look, you take that away. Well, you want to stop the military-industrial complex? Fine can't starve no of course you can't that's what we run on so the alternative idea which is what president obama has pushed from day one is natural gas and that that is achieved by a lot of fracking you know yeah no, i mean you know it's all pumping crap into our water supply i'm sure we'll talk about that as well but in order to effectively compete we have to start shipping that stuff we're isolated here So the TPP allows us to uh, ship it off to mainly Japan, which is really the key the key ingredient. We need to get it to Japan before it comes in from uh, Russia, the Russia and China cabal. We need to get it there first, and then the TTIP. While every while, while Turkey is exploding, we need to get our gas into Europe. It's that simple. And if and if we don't want to do that, fine. But then don't complain. I I just I'm being pragmatic. I really wish it was rainbows and unicorns and we all could tiptoe through the tulips. But if you want something to go, then this is it. And you can, and the way these things are put together, I'm hearing really stupid things being said about this process. And you know, when WikiLeaks is jumping on top of it and they you know they release the. Intellectual property document, which said nothing other than, "Gee, no one really agrees yet," and it's it's not a document; it's just a, a working rundown. Um, but I, I have some, you know, some of the basic points of of what this is about. Now we're talking eleven Asia Pacific economies, twenty eight European Union member uh, countries, twenty eight. Uh, countries that don't fit in those two, in total, this is it is new world order by the way, totally. 159 members of the World Trade Organization. And this is this is really really big. We're talking about opening up a market of one billion consumers to United States. They don't say it this way, but I'm going to tell you uh, to United States petroleum products. That's what that's what this is about. If if you're worried about you know unions and. Pfft, that's the least of your worries. And this uh, TPA, this authority bill, it already it, it expired in 2007. So it's really a renewal in order to get this done before um, other countries start delivering gas to Japan and before the European Union elections in, I believe that's in May. Because if, if we don't have an agreement in place with the EU by May, then it's not going to happen. And it's going to really hurt the United States. And I think it'll also hurt Europe. And, you know The Russians, you, I think it would be good for our European brothers and sisters to have a little competition over who's supplying your electricity to charge your Tesla. And with the Congress the way it is currently, it takes too long here. You just don't get anything done. So th- this isn't really nothing new. It's just people freak out about it.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, they do. And they are freaking out about it. Do you think? Well, they, do you
2: think it's legitimate? I mean, did, I, I don't. Freak.
0: I, I, you know, I would take your analysis of it above most people. So I would take. I, I just take oh, your side because you're very, very kind. kind of you. th- that's very kind well, of I, you. I'm a very kind person. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not. You're, a grumpy, you're a grumpy, mean man. So <laughs> no, not in the least. Uh, I don't know where you get these ideas.
2: Well, he, l- let me give you a few of the relevant things that that this TPA, that this authority will do, and allow. Um, and by the way there's all kinds of commissions and there's ways to stop it. And, you know, it's no more rigged than any other process we have. So I just, it, it just streamlines it a little bit. Uh, okay, It'll, uh, establishes new goods and services objectives for the digital age. Updates objectives to facilitate digital trade, uh, including protections for cross-border data flow. This is the Hollywood, obviously. Uh, so yeah, Hollywood gets their little thing in there to make sure, and, and I'm not against that. You know, I like people in the creative industry b- to be paid. I'm just, I'm just not for that kind of piracy. I, I, this morning I said, please take me off your email list, Clatu, I'm not interested in receiving emails about how I can watch stuff for free. I gladly pay for the entertainment that I receive. And if I can't afford it, then I won't watch it. Or if there's a value for value, I'll give what I can. But I'm, you know, I think the majority of people who are whining and bitching about this just want free shit. And, I, <laughs> I, and look, I, I'm against that. It's not okay. Um, TPA 2014 maintains strong objectives to eliminate barriers to cross-border investments and protect U.S. investors from unfair treatment. That's really, you know, this is all about your, your, your they don't even mention gas in this, but that's what it's about. Uh, updated provisions for cyber theft, protect trade secrets, facilitate legitimate digital trade. Yeah, that's gonna be just more of the you know that'll be lots of bull crap we'll have to deal with. But at least we'll be dealing with it with the entire world and not just us alone. Currency manipulation, yeah, I'm all for that. I think we should, you know, we should be looking out about what's happening in other countries with currencies. Um just so you know how it works in Congress. Um Every member of Congress will have access to the negotiating text. That's what it says right here in this bill. Uh, so I don't see how there can be any anything more secret than it already is. Uh, every member of Congress should have access to it. It doesn't say secret access, or it even says stat- statutorily ensures. Right.
0: Of course, no member of Congress will ever.
2: No, they won't care read it. No, they're, not going to read it. But they may have one wonk <laughs> in the
0: office. <laughs> it don't,
2: don't, doesn't mean doesn't promise anyone's going to do anything about it. Um, United States trade representatives will meet and consult with any interested member of Congress at any time. Keyword interested. I thought that was pretty funny to put that right in the bill. Hey, is anyone interested in this? Oh, all right. Well, if you're interested, you can take a look at it. Any member of Congress can be designated a congressional advisor and accredited to attending negotiating rounds. Um and these negotiations are about a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. But here's the one that is most important to me. Oversight for ongoing negotiations. TPA applies. uh, Oversight uh, consultation requirements are built right in. And the TPA can be disallowed if agreement makes inadequate progress in meeting objectives and new language extends disapproval to all notice and consultation requirements. Now, I don't expect our representatives to do a good job regardless. Really, regardless. Regardless. But we need to move this along. And what I'd like to ask you, John, is people keep referring to NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement, and saying that that destroyed so much that this would be a global NAFTA
0: and we can't no. allow it.
2: And no. and I just, I don't think that's true.
0: No, you- that's not a global. NAFTA was, a pro- was problematic because it essentially moved just, it was an easy thing to do. You can move your, you could set up a factory on the board just on the border, the right. Texas border, on right. the Mexican side. And now, environmental laws and labor laws and all these things didn't apply. And so, you have companies like Maytag closing right. shop in the U.S. and then moving stuff. That that's a lot. This is not nothing like right. that. right.
2: But that's also different because that is. Uh, it was funny because I was uh, uh, Mickey uh, caught a whole thing on. M- she's my NPR canary in the coal mine. She heard a whole thing about. Uh, the electricity in Texas, and you know we're buying so many things from Mexico. And yes, we're we, you know GE has also moved plants onto Mexico. But the problem is is the FDA and EPA restrictions that are and regulations that are put in place in the United States. Not that Mexico, you know, it, I don't think it was some ploy. It's just we need to loosen restrictions or or at least revisit what we're doing. But it's well, not
0: everything is a cost benefit analysis right i mean that's the way business works and people always kind of lose sight yeah of course it's not like some evil guy drooling you know in the in the quarters thinking different ways of screwing people so they do a cost benefit analysis and it turns out you can actually build a factory from scratch build it up hire people and all the rest of it now yeah it's not necessarily and and then do it cheaper than keeping your, your employees but there is also social responsibility involved with certain corporate decisions, and sometimes it's like, couldn't is there any way you can keep the factory open in the, the Maytag factory, for example, and keep these people employed because they're very skilled, and uh, I mean, are you losing any money in the process? I mean, or I mean, you're making are you making so much more money doing it the other way? Generally speaking, you're not. In fact, a lot of people are pulling back from the offshoring because you know it, it becomes. Pay, uh, it's like Boeing in that, in that Dreamliner. They mm-hmm. lost their ass on that jet because they outsourced everything. And it was like it turns out that they got crap back. Yeah, great, great batteries they got there. They got just junk. I mean, junk. The, you, you know, outside of the U.S. and actually Europe probably, or German, let's say Germany, outside of you know, certain countries, it, Japan's also would be in that category. Most of the stuff is, is low quality. Uh, although they've been changing that because Japanese uh, firms run a lot of the better Chinese companies and, you know, we got some of our engineers in China. So China actually producing some good stuff along with a lot of garbage. But generally speaking, if you're if the co- if the factory is right next door in California, let's say, uh, and it's making stuff and it's inferior, uh, you know, they're going to hear about it as yeah, opposed yeah. to people just bringing junk garbage in and then. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? about it? I got this lecture from a guy who fixed my, my refrigerator. He says, don't buy a Samsung refrigerator. Oh? You can't. He says, try to get parts for the oh, thing. Oh, you can't repair it, it.
2: yeah. It's you obsolete. can't
0: repair it, and, it's, and they don't work that well. Yeah. So it's like you got to, yeah. you know, start to think logically sometimes. Anyway, I'm well, sorry.
2: So, so, so the, the final thing I'll say about this is um, it is the president cannot sign this and make it done. The president has a lot of power, by the way. Uh, there, there has to be a vote, and it, but it, it will be an up or down vote. No possibility for amendments. Which is that's really the fast track portion of how this bill sees the authority. Which is just—I mean, I, I didn't hear anyone complaining about this in 2007 when it was still there. Uh, so it, it, the Congress ultimately still votes on this. They will have a period of time. Uh, to review the entire agreement. Now, I commit to you that I will read the agreement. You know, your members of Congress, your elected representatives, you know that they're not going to do it. They're getting blowjobs while snorting coke. That's what they do.
0: I'm generalizing. Yeah, not all of them snort coke.
2: (laughs) Most of them like the lewds. Uh, I will read it and I will comment on it, and then you can uh, uh, contact your representative whether you think they f- should vote for it or not. We still, the people still technically
0: have the power. Well, you're an optimist today.
2: No, I'm 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 going out on a limb because I read things. I really take time, and I'm not knee jerk about you know alternative websites saying that you know we're being sold down the river we'll never have health you know we'll never get medicine you know we're, we'll we'll be slaves what like we're not slaves now so yeah i'm a, i'm a little optimistic and and i'm just i am no i'm pragmatic as what i am pragmatic i would love nothing more than nuclear energy to power our my child's future i'm bearish on that uh, but when it comes to the next steps for what the united states should do in this current situation where 300 no almost a half a million people disappeared from the workforce just disappeared became i don't know bums uh then this is a pretty good deal if we can get this going did you did you hear the analysis of this by the way of the jobs numbers which i mean i was laughing out loud <laughs> At the, I heard on NPR. Oh, how can this be? We don't understand what, what's wrong with these numbers. Was it? Wait. Was it? Was it too cold? Were people too cold to go out and look for jobs?
0: Or wait, Thanksgiving? You sound like the Cookie Monster.
2: Here's CNN's analysis. Hilarious. Uh, so, a quick backstory to this: the jobs numbers have always been cooked, and the jobless, the unemployment rate is, uh, although it may be a true number, it is based upon the actual number of people who are looking for jobs. And when they go away, then that number goes down. And uh, just before the just before the election, uh, uh, b- you'll recall there was a huge fracas over the reported jobs numbers. Even uh, what's the guy from GE, the, the Jack Welch, he's like these the books are cooked, this is phony baloney. And of course, when you close out the year, and these are December's numbers you, you got to even it out somehow. <laughs> so they said, ah, screw it. Just dump it all into the, in the December and we'll, we'll, take, we'll take the hit as crappy numbers. And here's how the prostitutes talk it away. Big
8: surprise. A big miss, a big miss. Economists really got this wrong. 74,000 jobs created in the month, the last month of the year, only 74,000. You remember, you had, you had economists all week revising upward their expectations, closer to 200,000. Here's the real shocker. The jobless rate drops drops to 6.7 percent. Which we should be cheering. How can that be? The lowest jobless rate since 2008, basically. Uh, More than half a million people just left the job market, just stopped looking for work.
2: Now the, the, the logical question is, how do they survive? What are they eating? How do they get by?
8: Total jobs created for the year, 2.2 million, making you basically on par with 2012. So basically last year we created as many jobs as we did the year before. Now we have the whole year's picture mm-hmm. um, for, for the month. 74,000 jobs, that is a big disappointment. A lot of economists thought that it'd be much better than that. Then you look at the jobless rate, it fell in part because people simply gave up.
0: <laughs> Where's the, where did they go? Where did they-, they don't ask that question, hmm. but let's take a look at shadow stats. I recommend people yes, go to shadowstats.com, shadow stats, yep, yep and we take a look at the true unemployment rate, which is the shadow stats statistic. We have the e uh, the u three the u six and shadow stats, and we do see that uh, when Obama got elected it it took in two different directions <laughs> yeah uh, the the number you want is the shadow stats number because that's the one that is most directly comparable to old calculations done during like say the depression and this is like you know what they've done is they almost like you you you, say you change the way baseball home runs are calculated like you all of a sudden add all the near misses or fouls that went over the (laughs) close
2: enough hey it was close give him half a point
0: that means you can't you can't compare Babe Ruth to a modern player Which is what they've done with unemployment. So we don't get a true picture. Correct. And we still have it looking about 23.5% unemployment rate based on old old calculations uh, put to today's public and it's still under the 33% i think it reached during the great depression but it's still headed up it's still headed up it's not headed down
2: well the president had, did his podcast uh which by the way is, i don't think has ever been nominated for a podcast award
0: i don't think it's been nominated you're no,
2: right no, it's not been nominated and since to it by you then yeah no there's probably about 800 people who uh who subscribe to his podcast and well, I, I was surprised. And to me, it sounded like he thought everything was great. You know, the economists had over-predicted the number of jobs created by uh, 300%. <laughs> That'll teach you to believe economists. Uh, but uh, the president, it's all peachy keen. Hi,
9: everybody. Hi, everybody. Yesterday, we learned that in 2013, our businesses has created 2.2 million new jobs.
2: Now, we just heard that that's exactly the same as the year before. So... It's not like some great, you know, great upward trend.
9: Including 87,000 last month.
2: Woo! Do you see how he just does that? Including 87,000 last month. He doesn't say we expected three times that.
9: (coughs) Our unemployment rate is the lowest it has been since October 2008.
2: Because all these people are
9: gone. Because they're all bums. <laughs> they're bums. Across our broader economy, there are signs of progress. Progress. Our manufacturing and housing sectors are rebounding. Rebounding. Our energy, technology, and auto sectors are booming. Booming. Booming, I say. <laughs> Thanks in part to the reforms. You,
0: you know, it, it just galls me that the, that the government does this. I mean, just this saying is not it the government. It so. This is not the government, John. This is Plus, our leader. Uh, this administration, I mean, just bold-faced lies.
9: Our energy, technology, and auto sectors are booming. Thanks in part to the reforms in the Affordable Care Act, health care costs now eat up less of our economy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's
0: true either. No, it's a bold-faced lie.
9: Over the past four years, costs have grown at the slowest rate on record. And since I took office, we've cut our deficits by more than half.
2: What? Are you still there? Yeah. Oh no! I thought you crapped out for a second. Well, anyway, the, 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 I, the, I did have an idea uh, as I was watching the president's podcast. Um, and so there's been this big talk about extending the unemployment benefits, and I, the way I understand it, uh, so we do have unemployment benefits in the United States of America as part of the safety net, and it's not a lot of money. It's about a thousand dollars a month, I think, uh, per person, uh, if you're looking for and how long is it i made 6 months i think or
0: is- i don't remember anymore it's been so muddied by these yeah. ever never ending extensions
2: right so so then they've been extended since we've been doing this show i think john yeah these this has been extended 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 and and i always and whenever something like this happens i always and i i'm in a conversation with someone i say well you know things are more expensive. You're paying, you know, more for your own health care. You're paying more for gasoline. That you're paying more in taxes. It is to help your fellow Americans. Are you okay? This is how it's being spent, and it always gives people a second to think about it. But I had an idea. So this extension for another six months for 1.3 million Americans, as you're about to hear the president say, uh, will cost six billion dollars. And now uh, this 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 is uh, stalemate. It's stuck in Congress and. Well, of course, well, we can't uh, pay for this, uh, you know, where are we going to get the money from? And when I hear the president say this, I'm thinking,
9: all right, I have an idea. ...jobs and new opportunities for American families, with Congress, or on my own, and with everyone willing to play their part. And that action should begin by extending unemployment insurance for Americans who were laid off in the recession through no fault of their own.
2: Now he says through no fault of their own, and this is a, a constant theme. So boo-hoo, through no fault of your own. Whose fault was it? I think we can all agree it was greedy bankers and banks. Is that generally accepted?
0: I don't think that was really... I mean, that's who is blamed. Uh, that's fine. That's all yeah, I need to know. It doesn't mean they're at I fault. Need, no,
2: no, yeah. no, no, no. That's who's being blamed, and that's who's being penalized. J.P. Morgan, for their part in the credit default swap scandal and ripoff that is specifically being blamed for the 2008 economic, the greatest recession since the Great Depression, have been fined $20 billion for their uh, complicit, complicitness in, uh, in that event. Why can't where's that twenty billion dollars go to? Why don't you take that twenty billion, take out six, give it to the people who need unemployment benefits? Why don't you go to all the banks and get a billion from each of them? Where does that money go, by the way, the twenty billion dollars?
0: It goes into the treasury.
2: Yeah. Well then go and back and it goes in.
0: into making more drones.
2: <laughs> well no, it should go to the
0: Americans who need unemployment insurance. Yeah, well that's probably a good idea. Good luck.
2: Well, and I think anybody could could help. And, and Where did
0: uh, they get all that? I mean, J.P. Morgan has been fined. We talk about this on DHN Plus.
2: I heard you talk about it. Where does the money come from? And Andrew Horwitz always goes, huh?
0: No, he doesn't. He says, <laughs> this is just like, these guys have bottomless, talk about deep pockets. Yeah. Okay, you're finding another $5 billion. Oh, gee, I left my wallet at
2: home. Yeah, all they have to do is go to the Fed window, drive by, say, give me $5 billion. And they say, that's fine. No interest for you. That's where it's coming from. I presume.
0: By the way, what is this thing about this new Fed guy? Well, how can they get away with it? I mean, we have enough suspicions. You mean the, uh, the Bank of Israel? Yeah, the- play, play the B- <laughs> Fed bankers clip. If we can uh, get a background on this.
2: <laughs> well, we did mention this before it even happened. So,
10: President Obama has tapped a former head of the Bank of Israel, Stanley Fisher, to be vice chairman of the Federal Reserve. The nominee is currently a professor at MIT and holds dual citizenship in the U.S. and Israel. Yeah.
0: Well, the Fed is a private organization. Hey, Whose who's interests is a guy like this going to serve, Israel or the United
2: States. No, it doesn't matter. It's an it's an it's a private organization. We have no say over it. They can do whatever they want. We don't even know who the Federal Reserve is. We don't even know which banks are really a part of it. So what are you complaining about now? You now you're you have a problem with the Fed? <laughs> How about Janet Yellen? Please.
0: Yeah, well, I was kind of rooting for her until she showed up. <laughs> <laughs> so, she,
2: so she shows up, and then they dump all this unemployment crap on her. Hey, Yellen, welcome to the job.
0: No, it's well, They just want to make sure they keep that free money coming into the system.
2: That's exactly well, the
0: point. All rigged. I think Jack Welch was right all along, and I think he's probably still right, even though he was roundly soundly scolded, blasted scolded. By the media and everybody else scolded scolded, scolded.
2: But, but again at least we can understand the plan so um there was a, uh, a there was brief talk for us. the Bernanke had to leave he's tired you know he wants to yacht around the world whatever he's going to do is get on hop, hop on a couple of boards you know it's time to party it's and uh, good on you time to party go do whatever you want to do uh, but of course he had to start kind of kind of talking about tapering off of the 60 billion dollars a month that is being printed and and buying our own bonds and and securities and stocks that was a threat yes
0: and was a threat right
2: but you know but then they actually start talking about a slight taper and then you, boom you hit the numbers and so yelling the new person comes in and says well we got to keep printing we got just got to keep going and at the same time, we protect uh, we protect the actual value of the dollar by killing anyone who doesn't want to trade uh, oil or gas in dollars, right? This oh, this, by the way, is also part of what Erdogan did. Erdogan was doing backroom deals with uh, Iran, uh, so that that he I think he screwed some stuff up there that would that has not yet oh, come to well, light.
0: That, that's yeah, that wouldn't be good.
2: Yeah, so that so he screwed some stuff up there that is kind of coming to light now. Uh, and it's just we'll just continue. It's uh, it's a big kick of the can down the road, as far as I can see. I I, I just don't see much much different until Hillary comes in, of course.
0: Yeah, that would be interesting. Well, they they're definitely doing their best job of uh, making Christie look like an idiot. <laughs> I have the Christie clip, which you, is I, just kind was, of summarizes. It's so funny. Things.
2: Yeah, it's so funny that I really I so don't care about this. Everyone, you know, it's, it's 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 a nonstop media story.
0: No, I, I don't. I think it's I think it's going to die on the vine. But I still think it's amusing, and I just love the listening to Christie say stuff like this. clip has it. Fort Lee, and I apologize to the
11: members of the state legislature. Uh, I am embarrassed and humiliated by the conduct of some of the people on my team
8: for nearly two hours governor yeah, I'm chris I'm christie apologized announcing he'd fired his deputy chief of staff bridget ann kelly for lying about her role in lane closures that crippled traffic in Fort Lee, new jersey last fall
11: i am a very sad person today
0: <laughs> yeah, come on funny. this is humorous yeah that's funny i agree <laughs> I'm a sad person. And then he goes today. on for an hour. Just today. Just today, though. Just today. <laughs> Just yeah, today.
2: <laughs> Just today. Hey, thank you for your courage, John. And in the morning to you, uh, John C. Dvorak. It's
0: about time. And in the morning to you, Mr. Adam Curry. In the morning to all the ships at sea. Also, Hopefully we, hopefully we still have ships at sea listening to the show. Boots on the ground and feet in the air and the subs in the water. But hopefully we got subs in the water listening yeah, to I the show. Yeah, I think we still got some subs and some... We uh, do have dames and it's out there we home. do
2: Listening and we chat. have human resources in the chat room Noagendastream.com, NoAgendaChat.net. in the morning to you in the morning uh to our uh the artists rob Lytel uh provided us with the artwork for episode 581 we're always very uh, excited about the artwork we'll see no art Uh and we'll see what happens on episode 582 and as is customary uh we do not take any advertising money, underwriting sponsorships, uh, call it whatever you want. So we have actual producers, uh, executive producers, and associate executive producers So we'd like to give credit um, in a special credit section of the show, uh, which is uh, designated for people who are actually making this program possible through your contributions. It's a very unique... Mo- I tried to explain it to... Uh, we had dinner um, Friday night. Oh, which is the, it a,
0: a bot dinner? New well, semi-bot.
2: It's, it's um, you know, the jury's still out. The um, he is a New Yorker, and he well, that's a bot banker.
0: Oh, well, then maybe not
2: bot. banker. Yes, uh, banker. I think trying to get out of banking. I'm not, but derivatives too. Very interesting. It's hard to to have a. It's hard to break through to a banker to have a you know to have a real like a conversation where you feel that you don't feel like. Here's my my, you know my experience with with financial people is they have a, a way to turn off all empathy because if you have empathy in finance you'll never win.
0: You know what I mean? Oh yeah, no, you have to be a heartless bastard.
2: Yes, or you have to be able to turn it on and off.
0: Well, uh, it generally, it's easier just to keep it off. <laughs> Turning it on and off will make you nuts. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's the guys are crying. You know, Honey, you're crying in the middle of the night. I don't know why. <laughs> why are you why. crying? I rolled
2: out my Hillary on him. That was kind of funny.
0: Oh, <laughs> I said, How, what was his reaction? Uh, you might want to remind listeners what that is. Yes.
2: Hillary Clinton will be the next president of the United States because she is uniquely qualified to run the empire. Yeah. And, and I don't think he was expecting it from me. I think that was the main thing. He was like, what? You know, because, you know, I'm an MTV guy. He's my age. So he knows me from MTV and... Uh, his wife had listened to the show. She liked it. She thought it was funny.
0: We're hilarious.
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: All right. Who I do we? Who do we... idiots are funny?
2: <laughs> now you sent out an emergency notice yesterday.
0: Yeah, because we. I was looking at the. Uh, you know, I. I real. I'm off a day. By the way, to me, this is Saturday. I'm just off. Completely off on a lot of stuff. In general. Probably... In general, or just this week? This been for about a week now. Okay. I don't know what it is but I'm it's just It's funny
2: can I just say cuz normally here's so we have this unwritten first of all John and I have no no contracts agreements nothing we've never even agreed we've never even discussed anything have we we never even shaken hands on anything it just it is
0: you know you, you don't wash yeah,
2: pfft, What?
0: <laughs> no I'm not just kidding
2: go on yeah, So and but you know it kind of breaks down like this like I I do the uh, the production and the show notes and uh, and John does um, and manages, I would say, uh, the uh, the all finances in and out, uh, as well as um, the peerage and um, uh, and you know the spreadsheet and and the donations, all of that, and also the newsletter,
0: the marketing, the
2: marketing. Thank you, the marketing. <laughs> That's oh. It's and marketing. With it. <laughs> it's marketing now, is it? Okay. It is marketing. Uh and typically uh John will say uh I get a text message on a Wednesday or sometimes Tuesday, you know, it depends on his day or Friday or Thursday or Saturday. It's like, you know, take a look at the newsletter. And I'll take a look and, you know, and I'll send back some comments and usually it's no more than maybe a spelling thing or something. But I didn't get one Saturday. And then all of a sudden I did get the newsletter and it was like a desperate plea. <laughs> It was. It was like I we're I screwed. Think I sounded
0: that desperate, but I, we did get some emails, from people saying I was. I sounded desperate. Yeah, like
2: it came across as, as desperate. Like, and it, and by the way, uh, did it know, come
0: across as desperate
2: to you? A little bit, yeah. Huh. I I saw the the newsletter, and I re, and I realized, hey, I didn't. No one asked me. You didn't send me the newsletter to look at. So, oh my god, things are bad. <laughs> that, that was my thought and I didn't tell Mickey. Well they were. There
0: was not there was yes. like no money in there and then, so I into the for our, so we could thank a few people there was nobody to thank. So I sent the thing out uh
2: and immediately and this is what just I was glowing all night. Immediately there were producers, there were knights, there were people who uh are on uh, $11 a month, everybody stepped up.
0: It, yeah, it was, we ended up with a, with a good it was, day. And it was a lot of truly, people came. In as executive producer, we'll no, in but it second. was
2: it was truly heartwarming. I to me, it was like well,
0: it's usually if we do if we sound desperate, we usually get some results because people are saying, well, because we're not insincere about this. I mean, when no. I looked at the thing, I said, oh, this is ridiculous. Because I was actually at the here's the backstory, just for your information, if anybody wants to know. I I was so off that I said I realized it was like five or six o'clock in the evening, and I said. Ah, I forgot all about my weekly the newsletter. note right, right. that I send out. Which Wait, I, that's uh, wh- when were you we, were you drinking? I, no, I wasn't <laughs> drinking. I was drinking later, but I wasn't <laughs> drinking. And I and I and I said, oh, well, maybe we can just skip it this week. It's not that important. I don't really have yet." You know. Then I went and looked at the PayPal. And I said, "Holy mackerel! There's like nothing in here." So I sent out that note. Right because I figured we could coast, it, you know, I, or I could coast off of not doing it because I'm off. I'm off a day. I'm, I thought it was Friday. I don't know what. And so I sent this thing out. It was just short. It was just three sentences. I said we didn't get any money for the support show 582, and I appreciated if, you know, people would uh, contribute to show 582. It was nothing, really not much more than that.
2: No, no, I understand that. But now I understand the backstory that there was no newsletter. Now I get it. So the what we what we learned here is why put all the effort into a newsletter?
0: You know, we've talked about this. Before. We when I do the re when I like on the Tuesday one when we actually both work on it. Yep. The long one that's a Tuesday it goes out Tuesday or Wednesday, and usually Wednesday, I guess. Uh, and if it's a lo- it's got lots of information in it, nobody cares.
2: Yeah, but it was different because this time it had a picture of a kitten in it. <laughs>
0: And- the kitten thing—I got a lot of play with that. Yeah, I'm—I know I'm doing the thing. and I'm look—I want some art, some kind of positive art. I want some positive feelings.
7: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I'm look—I I, typed something into the Google image thing, and I—and I—I don't know why this kitten came up. <laughs> <laughs> Once I, did, I said, "Oh, that's so cute! Everybody likes a kitten." <laughs> <laughs> so I ran the kitten picture. I liked it. It worked for me. It was it was a little bit of a non sequitur, that kitten picture.
2: I, I got comments on huh? people like, more newsletters with kittens, please. <laughs> Good work.
0: Anyway, so, anyway, so I,
2: the whole idea is, uh, we. I'll just re- repeat, and then we can get into it. Um, this program works, and we can do the research, and we can basically spend our entire day um, reading, investigating, understanding, watching... Uh, recording, editing, doing all of this because you support the show. And it's great to see people step up and help us when it was tough and it worked out great. Thank you very much. Highly appreciated.
0: So let's thank these uh yes. executive producers and associate executive producers for show five eighty two, including David Daniels, who came in from Dallas, Texas. He's a member of the five eighty two club now. And he wants karma for all no agenda producers. I'm sorry, that's yeah. all
2: he wants? That's what it says. That's easy. <laughs>
10: you've got karma
0: thank you very much Archduke, Archduke of Silicon Valley David Foley came in with 500 which is odd because he usually jumps onto the uh, club thing with no note and I can't find any notes so He's the 4K TV special guy. What's his web, website?
2: 4 kspecialcom dot com, and use the code NA for your he, fifty
0: dollars. He said something on the fifth, which was that, hey guys, quick note to let you know how well No Agenda Karma worked today. We won the Storage Visions Award at CES oh. for the visionary home entertainment product, uh, which I guess was the day before the show. So he got, but you know, if you look into this into Foley, he's been in the business forever. He's like a, he a Silicon uh, oh, startup.
2: He, oh, he's okay. So he's a, he's a, maybe uh, we can get a gig.
0: <laughs> yeah. his next startup, he's always, he's, and I think he does the 4k TVs as a side thing just to, cause he wants to, I don't know, but he's been, he's been around the block. Sir wire of the hidden jewel, James pyres of Escondido, $333 and uh, 33 cents. Thanks for your courage. I couldn't resist John's pathetic Saturday night booty call. Make it rain, John. <laughs> A question for Adam regarding the moon landings. If the six Apollo moon landings, by the way, I did read the Wagging the Moon Doggy blog you suggested, and it was pretty interesting read, were actually faked and U.S. achieved this in the 60s. And why no other country, especially Russia or China, faked the same thing in the past 40 hello, plus years?
2: Hello, hello. China just is faking it as we speak.
0: I would like to hear you and John's – yeah, well, you've already talked about yeah. that. Uh, Thanks for the great work you guys both do in real news on a regular basis. The show just keeps getting better. Can't wait to hear the next In the Club segment. (laughs) Coming up maybe Thursday. Karma to A. -A E. J. Ed, Chris the Dude, and Sinclair. Two shots to the head to the big guy on behalf of Hillary. Thanks, Sir Wire of the Hidden Jewel. Let me do the...
8: It's almost too delicious to believe, my friend.
2: There you go. And uh, did he need karma for those? Yeah, karma for his buddies. There, you got it. Thank you very much. You've got karma, Sir Wire of the Hidden Jewel.
0: James Spitzer, Baron of Jamaica Plains and the surrounding plantations, uh, three hundred thirty-three dollars and thirty-three
2: cents out of yeah, Sir Jim, who we met in uh, in Boston.
0: Jamaica Plain, Massachusetts. Nuts. Mm-hmm. Responding for the call, just for support. Jim Spitzer, Baron of Jamaica Plain. Uh, Robert Randall, no note, $300 from Portland, Oregon. Kick-ass Pixels in Emeryville, California, right up the street from me, $250. James Luca, $246.88 from Norwalk, Connecticut. I'm so glad my husband turned me on to oh, – or Jamie, Jamie, sorry, Jamie. I'm so – my husband turned me on to the show. Some of my favorite quality time is when we listen together on long road trips. Aww. For $246 and 88 cents is to say how much I appreciate the no agenda show. Please send karma to my husband for a career happiness, whether this means taking a new job or having our small data security business actually generate income. Great. Swan LLC has set up a Swiss has set up Swiss emails. I just, that's interesting. Yeah,
2: that's code. That's that. some code there, man. I don't know what's going
0: <laughs> I just want him to be as happy as he makes me. He is my P that's a P in a pod reference. Ah. Uh, oh. You
2: know, the the couple that listens to No Agenda together is a happy couple.
0: And a little karma for... Her.
2: Yeah, here's the karma for career happiness.
12: You've got
10: karma. Heck yeah. Don,
0: don, 23333 from Arvada, Colorado uh hello from gitmo nation pot cookie saw your call for <laughs> donations had to step in and help it's been a while since my last donation so it's time for some value for value keep up the great work guys thank you very Peter much o'connell in stockholm new jersey 220 happy new year's john and adam stellar analysis as always old jeff yurky over here in Concord, california 202 dollars and two cents uh, dear Benjamin and Mrs. Robinson, apologies for being MIA for a while. I want to thank you both again for completely ruining my, the lamestream media for me. Now all I have on TV is cartoons and the Popeil Gadget Channel. <laughs> Good news is I have not, to ha- I've not had to melt down John's Red Fox records for heat. He, he, uh, uh, we we d- digitize old Red Fox albums. Yeah. And anyone who has any of those, we'd love to get a hold of them. It's a little side project. Please de-douche me and throw in a short shot of karma, Jeff Yerke.
2: Okay, happy to do that. <laughs>
10: You've been de
0: By Ayn Rand.
10: <laughs> You've got karma. I found that one
0: yesterday. <laughs> Sir Joseph Frost in uh, 200 bucks from Wooddale, Illinois. Uh, I was listening to the Thursday's podcast tonight when I got John's donation message. I said I had been selfish and not donated to the best podcast in quite some time. So here's a wannabe value for val- for your value. Good luck on this week's donations. Oh, Joseph. Barry Kroger, Greeley, Colorado. Keep up the good work. A shot of karma for my family. You've got karma. Those are the executive and associate executive producers for show 582. I want to thank them all, and we'll get to the rest of the donors in the, later on in the show. I want to remind people that we do have a show coming up on Thursday. Dvorak.org slash NA is the place to go
2: also um <clears throat> see have a, we already did our pr of course from matt who did a great job there's a new meetup let me just open this up uh, which i'll put into the uh, show notes uh, meetup.com slash no dash agenda dash meetup uh, this is the secret no agenda society of new jersey and new york um, so that was a request if i would put that in the show notes i have a look at that of course we're always looking to expand the family. And I know we have a lot of people in that area who uh, definitely could uh, get together and hang out. Thank you all so much. These are actual credits. You can uh, use them anywhere. Credits are accepted. Uh, this will work on your IMDB. Uh, but also apparently works really well on your LinkedIn account. We, I, we can't explain why, but uh, you get you get views and people get job offers. So have a look at that. And as John said, uh, please uh, think of us for our show on Thursday. Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. And we always want you to be thinking about doing something which is propagating
12: the message. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. <laughs> Whoa.
2: I, just before the show started, and this this kind of goes with what we were talking about, uh, the U.S. economy, I received a tweet, which uh, was one of these uh, one of these things that uh, they do it to, to, well, of course, I'm still well known in uh, Gitmo Nation lowlands. Uh, uh, so, you know, you, you see someone tweeting, someone you don't know, tweeting something saying, hey, Adam Curry, take a look at this. And then if you click on that person, you'll see they have one follower. But
0: yeah, they, but they, I just... Fuck yeah. Those guys,
2: yeah. Well, but then they've tweeted the same message to a whole bunch of celebrities, and it was for a, a European Union project and a vote, and they need a, a million votes for something called the universal basic income.
0: Have you ever heard of this? Yeah, this is actually not not a new idea, and it's sec- and it, in fact, it was. Uh, we've t- we actually talk about this around the dinner table. Uh, in fact, I think Buzzkill Junior said that when we played that clip of that county clerk who didn't want to do any didn't want to do her job because mm-hmm. she was busy tweeting. Yeah, uh, we we or he in particular said she's perfect for this sort of thing because she would be better off being paid not to be in the workforce because these people are counterproductive. Right, and, and it was actually Nixon who. Proposed a universal income where you had essentially uh, everyone would get money just to exist.
2: (laughs) Just just, yes, just for being.
0: Yeah, just for being.
2: Okay, so so this is um, you can find
0: it crazy.
2: No, it's not, and I want to play this video, which is promoting the idea, Um, and it's uh, you can find it basicincome2013.eu, and it's the unconditional basic income or UBI. Citizens' income, which is guaranteed, and the way these guys are playing it is that it is a human right, as per the Human Rights
0: yeah. Council. Yeah, well, that's bullcrap.
2: Would <laughs> you want to hear the the little commercial thing they've got here? Yeah, of course. Because this is, of course, meant to uh, convince uh, citizens that they need to sign up for this, and it's you only—they only need a million signatures. And I'm thinking this is a great deal. Mm. Today,
5: austerity seems to be the only answer given to remedy the economic crisis in Europe, yet people are getting poorer and poorer. Automation and manufacturing and wealth accumulation by financial institutions are changing our approach to work. More and more is produced with fewer and fewer people. Unemployment rates have skyrocketed and pay work is no longer a right for everyone. The good news is that never before in history have human societies generated so much wealth. But while this wealth is produced by the work of all, past and present, this wealth is unevenly distributed among citizens. We, as European citizens, propose an alternative. It's not a new idea, but now is the time to put it into action. It's called unconditional basic income. Have you heard of it? Not yet. Article 25 of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights states, Everyone has the right to a standard of living adequate for the health and well-being of himself and of his family, including food, clothing, housing, and medical care, and necessary social services, and the right to security in the event of unemployment, sickness. There it is. Basic income should be universal, individual, unconditional, and high enough to ensure a dignified existence and participation in society. This new fundamental right for humanity not only would eradicate misery, it is also a way to develop non-market-orientated work, such as artists, parents, and volunteers. Podcasters! But it's also an economic measure. A basic income for all means supporting local business. Therefore, it would enable us to fully exercise our citizenship. How do we finance it? Yeah. Easy. We have several proposals. easy. Financial easy. and high-income taxation... A consumption tax on luxury goods and polluting products. And mainly, self-financing by simplification of a very long list of current social transfers and associated public services, Mm -hmm. which have become obsolete. What we propose would be much simpler, equal, and transparent. Everyone gets a basic income without even asking for it. But then, of course, it's up to you to work if you want more money. We as European citizens have now launched an official petition called the European Citizen Initiative to make the European authorities examine our manifesto. So, what's the deal? So, so. First of all, we have to surpass a minimum threshold of seven countries minimum. Okay, I think. Countries. Wow. What? I think, you can stop it.
0: what? I think you can stop it. It's almost First over. Of it's all... twenty seconds. What, what part of Europe is this guy Hold from? On, he haunt, sounds like haunt. he's
2: from Southern California. Haunt. Let me just do the last twenty seconds. At least going to let them get through the page. ...campaign and are getting ready to collect signatures. Hopefully others will join
5: up soon. The European Commission must consider our proposals when we reach the 1 million signatures required. If accepted, studies of the different models and amounts of basic income will begin. We must mobilize by organizing events, creating local groups, and creating a buzz by telling your friends and everyone around you (laughs) that a new idea is growing. in your. Free money! Thank you for visiting basicincome2013.eu. For
2: Create a buzz. Create a buzz by telling everybody this free money for just breathing.
0: Okay, hold on a second let's take a look at this. You know, um, it, can I
2: can I just uh, suggest one thing here? Let's uh, should we try your other network for a moment?
0: And uh, anyway, this is not a new idea, but I went to while well, we had that little issue I believe that this is nothing more this for one thing, this guy sounds like he's in Southern California, which bothers me. I think this is just a mailing list scam a mailing list scam it's it's a it's an official e u initiative I'm telling you there's a mailing list involved in this. you know, okay,
2: this is very interesting because I was looking at the um at the initiative here. hold on, so the frequently asked questions. there was something about it's funny, you say this, hold on. Let me scroll down to it. Um, how can I help collect? Da, da, da. Uh, why do I have to provide so much sensitive private data when I sign up? <laughs> <laughs> really, John? Did you nail this somehow? What is going on?
0: I, every time I see anything like this that's asking for, you know, your signature, or your mail, mailing, I always think mailing list scam. This has been going on. Mailing list scams are great. I, I we, we should do one to get more people on our mailing list. Hold on
2: a second. Let me see who was behind basic income two thousand thirteen dot EU. Now now you have me freaked out. Because it says this says sign online well, there's an EU website.
0: Yeah, so oh what?
2: Yeah, yeah, true.
0: Yeah, it looks pretty official. Doesn't look official to me.
2: Well, none of the European Union sites look really great. Let me see. Who is Basic Income 2013? Can I even get that through the who is if I want to find out? Yeah, here we go. Not disclosed. Okay. Go to, hold on. Go to eurid.eu dot EU for web based Whois. Ugh, now we're gonna get all this crap. And that Whois database doesn't always work so well. Okay, let's see. Um, okay, so that's not going anywhere. I don't know. Maybe one of the maybe someone in the chat room can figure that out for us. Are you still there, John?
0: Yeah, I'm listening to. I I don't. I can't find it either.
2: Okay, here it is. Uh, basic income Oh, dot eu. Oh, we don't have to do the dot eu on this web based system. Go. All right. Tell me who this is. Who is doing?
0: And let this. me ask you, why does the guy sound like a Southern California surfer?
2: Oh, because they. Oh, this is interesting. Huh. Well oh, he sounds like a California surfer because they put out a, you know, they clearly put out a, a, an audition. I'm surprised I didn't get asked to read for it. <laughs> Registrant is a Dutchman named Robin Katalars, and he lives in Draunervain. His email address is at hardsoft.nl. This is sounding a little sketchy. Hmm. I don't know, man. Maybe it's just a local initiative. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Let's put it this way. A name on a mailing list is worth a mil- minimum of $10. One name? Yeah.
2: On any mailing list? Yeah.
0: Really? Yeah, if you own that name, it's worth 10 bucks at least. Wow. Could be more if it's really a great list. Hmm. So if you, a lot of, there's been a lot of these guys who did You remember the the computer professor? You see him on television all the time. Mm. Hi, I am the computer professor Mm. and I have a disc on how you can learn word. Oh, is this the the tech guy? It's a, he's a funny, I don't know who he is. Just kidding. No, it's not the tech guy. (laughs) Is this call for help? (laughs) I have a disc and it's free. And oh no! Yes, I have seen. Yes, yeah, yeah Send yeah. us your name and address, and you'll get a free disc. No, even we even pay shipping. Yeah. Well, that is a uh, a mailing list. I wouldn't. It's not a scam. It's just a mailing list scheme. Right. Well, that's a mailing list scam. Yes. the idea is to get the names that you can put on a mailing list, and those are all addresses. Mm-hmm. They're worth a minimum of ten bucks a pop, mm-hmm. and uh, you rent them over and over and over again. That that particular list is probably worth a fortune. Huh.
2: Well, that kind of uh, deflates the whole excitement I had about uh, <laughs> getting money for just breathing. I mean, I, I was kind of excited about that. I'm, I was ready to to tell Mickey that we should use her uh, European Union citizen status to go back, find a nice place to live, and just live and get paid. And if we ever feel like making extra money, you know, then we can work. Yeah. Do these things work out? Has anyone really looked at this model of this
0: can actually succeed? Yeah, yeah, it could work. Really? It wouldn't in a million years because no one would put up with it. It's just not going to happen.
2: Is and it, 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 how does this UBI differ from uh, communism or socialism? Uh,
0: the communists make you do some work. <laughs>
2: uh, okay, so it, it's kind of it starts off by hey, you don't have to do anything, and then then slowly it's like well, you know. You might want to, you know, like sweet. The the
0: mindset of the Westerner is not uh, amenable to this. Mm. Okay. Well,
2: I think it's an interesting concept. And I can see where a lot of people would be, yeah, I'm all in on that. Just pay me to be alive and then I can be a musician. I can be an artist.
0: I can be a podcaster. on the mailing list with a bunch of demographics. Perfect.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Exactly. Ah, okay. Switching gears, John. Of course, it is uh, 28 more days until the start of the Sochi Olympics, and uh, we need to constantly remind everybody that that is coming up. And what better way to remind the American public, particularly if you are hosting this on your television network, uh, such as NBC or any of the affiliated NBC channels, uh, to remind people how horribly dangerous Russia is... And uh, and maybe the State Department could put out a little memo to remind us about how dangerous Russia is. And if you're planning on going to the Sochi Olympics, which start in one month from now, set your VCRs, everybody. Uh, then that would be very handy to propagate that message.
13: Tonight, the U.S. State Department has issued an alert warning any Americans planning to travel to the Olympics in Russia This is about the potential danger following terrorist threats, and the opening ceremony is exactly four weeks from tonight. Don't you love that? Like, the opening ceremony, you always
2: want to catch the opening ceremony. And, of course, you're watching NBC. Yes, of course you're
13: watching NBC. It's four weeks from tonight. Our chief foreign correspondent, Richard Engel, is live for us in Moscow tonight. Richard, what brought this about today? Man,
2: I can't believe he's he's he has the 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 guts to stand in Moscow. I mean, he could get killed Ooh. at any minute.
6: Uh, Good evening, Brian. We understand that there's no specific threat, but security is the overwhelming concern that Russia has in the lead-up to these games. And Russia is imposing some very severe security restrictions, already banning all liquids on flights, (laughs) not just large amounts of liquids, but any liquids of any kind. Also, about 40,000 police and soldiers are imposing a so-called ring of steel around the venues at Sochi. The ring of steel. The FSB, which is the new KGB.
2: Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I'm not going to accept that. I mean, you can F Russia all you want. But when they they go on the news and say the FSB is the new KGB, I'd say that's quite a stretch.
6: The venues at Sochi. The FSB, which is the new KGB, (laughs) is responsible for security overall. Don't you find that hilarious?
0: It's very funny.
6: The main concern, obviously, is terrorists, specifically someone coming from the North Caucasus. And over the new year, there were two bombings that put this country on alert. U.S. officials tell us they are not overwhelmingly concerned about the Olympic venues themselves, but concerned that something could happen—promo, promo, train station, promo or a again. transport hub—a softer target promo. that could be attacked during the games.
13: Richard Engel in Moscow. As we said, the opening ceremony ah, four weeks from tonight. Thank you. Richard Just want to make sure we got the promo in there.
2: Now the best, the best I've ever heard. Uh, Ron Wyden. Is he a senator or congressman, Ron Wyden? Senator, I believe. Senator. Okay. Uh, he is brought in to promote uh, the games. And, of course, you know, the way we promote this is by talking about how horrible Russia is. And and he uh, what he was saying, I, maybe he's... Is he on the uh, the Olympic Committee? Oh, let's, we have to check this for a second. Not that I know of. Well, let's see. Ron Wyden... IOC. We'll just try that Google and see what happens. Uh, well, hold on a second. I think he is somehow just a quick scan of the Google shows that he has some connection. He's one
0: of the big critics. He's a critic of the Olympic Committee. There's an article from 1999 where he says it's corrupt.
2: Hmm. Well, maybe they
0: flipped him. Okay,
2: so why is it, why do we not want to go to Russia? What are the most horrible things about Russia as we know it today? This is a question to you, John. It's cold. Yeah. That's, oh, hold on. Uh, There's a lot of hookers. Hold on a second. I I lost my mic there for a second. No, no. What are the real, what is the real, what's the real messaging? Terrorism is one. Yeah, gonorrhea. (laughs) Terrorism is one. Come on, you know the answer
0: to this. Don't make me force you to say it. I don't know. They
14: hate gay people.
0: Oh, right, the gay thing.
14: Here now to talk about this Democratic senator from Oregon, Ron Wyden, who is also a member of the Senate Intelligence Committee. uh, Senator, thanks so much for joining us. You you. sit on the Intelligence Committee, uh, Russian extremists have vowed to disrupt the games. Now, we understand, of course, the classified nature of a lot of the information uh, you know. uh, But what what can you tell us, if anything, about the threat and the State Department's warning today?
2: All right. Uh, So he's on the Intelligence Committee. And, of course, he can't uh, tell us everything because of the classified nature. But he is going to tell us exactly what the problem is with the security in Russia.
15: Without getting into classified matters, I do believe that the threat of terrorism and the very, very hostile actions Russians have taken towards gay people (laughs) is a reason for Americans to be cautious about traveling over there.
2: (laughs) The very, very hostile attitude towards gay people. Very, very hostile, John. So they're just going to beat up
14: Americans? Yeah, only if they're gay, apparently. Uh-huh. So just to break it down, if a loved one of yours... Gay or straight... Were planning on one? Yeah, yeah, listen to this. This is great. ...traveling to Sochi, what kind of advice would you give him or her? Would you say avoid... <laughs> Don't drop the soap. Crowded buildings, avoid crowds, always have an escape route. Avoid gay people. You don't go. What, what would you
15: say? <laughs> I would say certainly follow the State Department travel advis- advisories. I think they've consistently been on target. And as I've indicated, without uh, talking about classified matters, the combination of the threat of terrorism. Stop, 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 stop. Besides
0: having a lisp, which is telling. Mm-hmm. Listen to, go back it up a little bit and listen to White, and I didn't realize it before, but he sounds exactly like Steve Jobs.
2: Who has, who has a very similar lisp. You're absolutely right. And now listen to what he says, too.
15: All the State Department travel advis- advisories, I think they've consistently been on target. And-, and, we, and we really are so
2: proud of the work we've done at the Apple stores. <laughs> and whenever we get excited about something, we like to make a video. All right,
15: here we go. I think they've consistently been on target. And as I've indicated, without uh, talking about classified matters, the combination of the threat of terrorism and these exceptionally hostile actions towards gay people is a reason for Americans to be cautious.
2: This, I can't believe this is coming out of an elected official's mouth.
0: This is the clip
15: of the day Play it.
0: Thank you. I was
2: ready for it. Bang!
0: Bam! Clip of the day. Mickey and I
2: were betting on this being clip of the day.
14: But it, it was. But there's more. Do you think gay and lesbian Americans, LGBT Americans, going to the games <laughs> should be
15: particularly on their guard? <laughs> <laughs> if you're gay, don't go! Certainly the fact Certainly. that... The Russians have indicated that, uh, that gay people are second-class citizens Whoa! and exposed them to violence is certainly a cause for, for gay folks to be thinking gay folks. Uh, uh, carefully about going there.
2: All right, gay folks, listen up. This is a lie. A bold-faced lie from a liar with a lisp. G- I mean, how can, how can he say this? And I mean, clearly he must believe it if you Not are necessarily if you are gay there is no questionnaire you can go into the russian military if you are gay and you want to adopt a child there is no questionnaire no nothing this is a made up lie the united states my god 10 years ago we, we had don't ask don't tell we had you know, fellatio was still illegal in 15 states we are more anti gay than russia Yet you're, this is now being televised. If you are going to the Olympic Games and you're gay, you leave the rainbow pants at home and don't drop the soap because Russia hates gays. You're second-class citizens. This, this, to me, is grounds for an international uh, fracas, what Senator Ron Wyden is saying.
0: Uh, it's not going to happen. I don't know if Russia lost their edge. What does that mean? They can't propagandize properly anymore. They used to have all kinds of good, you know, things to sucker people into believing you know their way was the best way and all the rest. They they just they are horrible. They they need some consulting. <laughs> yeah, I want to remind people that uh, we of course have completely debunked this,
2: uh, and disp- and and it and it's 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 like rowing upstream the Niagara Falls. I mean, it's impossible. No one believes me. Uh, The white paper is, I guess, done. It hasn't been published yet. The one that uh, our gay crusader, Brian, has been working on. I've read everything. I guess he's getting ready to publish it. But I don't think it matters. People have so bought into the idea that the entire Russia hates gay people. They kill gay people. You can't say you're gay or you're locked up. You're thrown in jail. None of it is true. It's based on one law which says you cannot... Propagandize alternative lifestyles to minors, minors being under 13. That's it. And the Dutch, who are, in general, smart people, there's an there's entire national outrage because the king uh, and the minister of foreign affairs, I think the prime minister, have all said they're going to Sochi, they're going to the Olympic Games. Our king loves the Olympics. And he loves going there with his wife and they get drunk and they dance. And it's, it's great to watch. And they love it. And they go to Holland House, and they have this big party. And he's like, yeah, I'm going. Because he knows it's not true. But the country, the news, it's an outrage. He clearly doesn't care about the gay people. You're being played, people. You're being played. It's not true. Vote Ron Wyden out of office. Vote him out, liar.
0: Moron. So let's talk Talking about lying. Let's... Uh... Let's and talking about the alternative media. Let's talk a little bit about this the chemical spill in West Virginia.
2: Yes, I I I'm glad you uh, have done some work on this because all I could, I haven't looked into it. I heard about it. All I thought was <laughs> maybe it's some fracking company that messed up, and that's all. I, I haven't looked at anything.
0: Where are you at? Yeah, it's a coal washing chemical. They never tell you what the chemical is. <laughs> uh, the chem, I do have the chemical though. It's. Um, for methylcyclohexane methanol, hmm. which is a chemical used to clean coal, okay. that f- the early report said it was <laughs> a foaming agent. I don't know what. Maybe it's got some. And, element. and
2: clean. You, why do you need to clean coal? Is it just you wash well, it? I,
0: I guess there's a lot of dirt or or stuff. To, you know, the other things. I, I I would burn coal once in a while. And once in a while be this big rock. Mm-hmm. It looks a little like coal, but it's not. And it would be end up in the fireplace. So let's just get a background here by playing WV, the dummy. Oh, no, not the dummy on the street. Ground Zero. Ground Zero.
2: Okay, Ground Zero, it is boom.
1: Ground Zero is this Freedom Industries plant that makes chemicals for the mining, steel, and cement industries. State inspectors say a foaming agent used in coal preparation leaked from a 40,000-gallon tank yesterday. Some of it overran a containment area and ended up in the Elk River. An estimated 300,000 people are affected in nine counties, many of them reporting a smell like black licorice. Emergency hotline centers like this one are fielding calls.
5: We've had some complaints about uh, eyes burning, things about nature. Best advice is to stay inside right now until they get this taken, taken care of.
1: For now, people are being told to avoid using tap water to bathe, drink, Cook or wash clothes and dishes. Jeff McIntyre wow. has the Charleston water treatment plant. He says the chemical is not to especially toxic, to but it's we not worth taking a chance.
0: We don't know. That. Okay, why take a chance? Why take a chance? So you listen to Twitter and uh, Facebook and all these things, and you all you hear is the same. You hear the same kind of story, which is, oh, somebody took a sip and they end up nonstop <laughs> vomiting. <laughs> They're they could stop vomiting. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Vomiting. Oh, the, everyone's vomiting. It makes it sound like all of West Virginia is vomiting. So I want you to listen to this clip of the mayor, and 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 tell me if it, it, it kind of jives with this vomiting bowl nonsense. Uh, this is the West Virginia mayor drinks the water.
1: You know, we heard that there's almost a, a smell of black licorice either in the air or of the water. Have you smelled it? Have you
15: tasted it? I smelled it yesterday. Uh, when um, a a gentleman from the office across the street came over to my office to get me. He knew me, and he took me across the street, and I smelled it when I got outside. I'd been inside for that afternoon, and then I went up to his water fountain, and then I tasted it, and I took a big drink of it, and I knew that there was something very wrong. And it was not (laughs) much longer after that that the uh, West Virginia Water Company and the governor and um, all those folks held a press conference. It wasn't the governor's press conference. He was just happened to have been there. But it was mm-hmm. West Virginia American Water Company. And they have nothing but bad news for these citizens and with no end in sight.
0: Hmm. He didn't vomit. Apparently he didn't vomit. So that's okay. bull crap. And that's played everywhere. In fact, I was looking at Think Progress and Green Progress. And that's all they're talking about is all the vomiting that's going on. They don't discuss the chemical at all. This was on PBS, so they had to at least, you know, do a little lip service to the model that you need for these shows. So they had a man on the street, a ah. woman on the street. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> nice. this is the classic. Again, you, let's go with our theory here. If you you're in West Virginia, this is obviously the way they all are, even though the mayor seemed and,
2: pretty. And let me point out, I went to college shortly, but I went to college in West Virginia. I've been to Charleston. I've been to Clarksburg. I've been uh, all over. Yeah, so I know what the West Virginians are like. Uh, Let me guess. Is this a toothless wonder type dude? (laughs) Here we go.
8: You're going to melt
10: this down. That's what you're going to do like you did back in the old days. Put a little tub, put them in there, and just take a, you know, like a bird
1: President Obama has declared a federal disaster in the
0: affected region, expediting aid. That's good.
2: (laughs) Good. I I almost vomited.
0: No, she had a big block, block of ice. A vomit. Ice, so she,
2: ice vomit. I had, so I had some ice vomit.
0: And she said she's going to put it in a tub and take a bird bath. With a vomit. With,
2: with <laughs> 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 I just like saying vomit. Wow. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Now, let me ask you a few things. You've, a you've been a, an inspector about air, water, all the same thing. Now, the, the, for this to get even, even get in the water, is it not true that, in general, a lot of these Um, heavy industry plants, they dump stuff in the water regardless. Isn't that how it works? I mean, they have to put stuff into the water to get rid of it, and it just flows away, and then the water plants pick it up, and they clean it out. Isn't that kind of the system anyway? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right? That's how it works. They throw it, you know, just dump that shit in the water, and then, you know, everyone knows, and they pick it up downstream, and they clean it out.
0: You know, curiously, this chemical was patented as a room deodorizer. Smelled like licorice. It actually <laughs> smells like mint, according to the the uh I, of the publications.
2: I vomited and it smelled like black
7: licorice
0: now, this God. was a lot a big dump this was they, they generally speaking these companies they 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 put stuff in the water, but it's not necessarily the drinking water uh and it's not necessarily a lot of it and what happened here was a tank i guess began to leak. I don't know how this could have possibly happened, but it would leak into the there's a most tanks have a little dam around them.
7: Mm-hmm.
0: So when the tank, if something happens and the tank starts leaking, the dam holds the, the whatever it is that's in there, right. and then you can pump it out of the, that area when you get the thing under control. Right. They said that the dam, they it was leaking enough so that the dam over or they're busted, or broke, or were, the dam wasn't in good... It was a piece of crap, is mm-hmm. what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And then it got into the water, and the next thing you know, they cut it all off. It seems like there's some political angle to this, too, because this mayor is very irked by this water company. Because hmm. apparently just, they own most of the state water, and they could reroute water and get people water, but they're just basically putting the screws to Charleston. But
2: well, what do you think is going to happen? Is this uh, What's the uh, what's the bottom line here?
0: Well, when you read about it, bottom line is that this... Uh, This chemical has like a a half-life in the wild. It'll just get eaten up by bacteria in about, I think, four days. Oh, so it goes, yeah, it goes away. All right. Yeah.
2: Hmm. I like that the, I saw some of the press conference from, I guess, the the CEO of the water company. Where's he from? England? I don't know. Yeah. I think he has a British accent.
0: Pretty funny. There's something up with that water company, though.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you think we're not being told the whole whole story? <laughs> mm. They wouldn't
0: even name the chemical. I yeah. had to do. I had to research it to find the name of the chemical. No, there's a chemical spill. Chemical spill. I mean, the public is dumbed down enough. I mean, if they at least mentioned the chemical, of course, it would have frightened
2: them. Yeah, I don't think. Any, I don't think anybody cares about in the press, in the media. They don't care. They just want the the lead. They just want the headline. They want just death and destruction. Anything that's too complicated, keep it away from the stupid citizens of the United States too stupid to understand? Present company uh, excluded, of course.
0: The no agenda. Yeah, obviously,
2: produced. obviously. Well, the people who care. We're not. We're not all scientists. We're not all brilliant, but we care. We we care to think. Stop. Think for a second. Hmm. Maybe this is not true.
0: There's a couple of little news items I ran into that were not reported anywhere except on really uh, our version of alternative media is the foreign media. The yeah. Foreign oh, is this Van uh, I got a bunch. I think this is from RT. Okay. This is the, I didn't know this at all. Uh, this is the, the story, India Club Close. This is kind of interesting. India Club Close.
10: Meanwhile, the U.S. Embassy in India has been notified by the Indian government that it has to shut down all business activities in the embassy. The U.S. Embassy has been running a club in this area for years. It has a swimming pool and a tennis field and is favoured by Americans working in New Delhi for entertainment. But now India has said the running of this club for non-diplomatic personnel is against the Vienna Convention on Diplomatic Relations and uh, has requested its closure. Local media interpreters this move as an act of revenge in the latest diplomatic row. At the same time, the U.S. Energy Secretary has cancelled his visit to India next week, the second such diplomatic disruption in the month. And in response, India's Minister of External Affairs says he hopes the U.S. could handle the case in a friendly manner.
16: We expect a friendly country like the United States of America to do what a friendly country does. If there is a problem, about their internal processes and their laws. We are willing to help. We must,
0: together. Hmm. We had a club. This, (laughs) by the way, was CCTV. This was China.
2: With a a swimming pool, apparently.
0: And a tennis court. And a lounge and 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 a spa. Probably a bar. Yeah. I didn't know this, and I thought it was kind of interesting. Then the Indians decided that, yeah, it wasn't licensed or something, so they shut it down. They're still irked about it. Oh,
2: no, this is... I've been reading a couple of Indian blogs... And uh, yeah, they're, they're very pissed off about this uh, this search that we did, this cavity search we did of this woman. Yeah, yeah. This the, the, this is not over. The, and it's funny how how that just goes on and on and on.
0: Yeah, it's gonna keep escalating. Mm-hmm. So okay, Until Obama himself apologizes
2: <laughs> so, or something like that. I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't mean it.
0: There's also something weird going on in France with this comic. Oh, this is the uh, the the, uh, the
2: the inverted Nazi uh, hit Nazi salute,
0: the upside down
2: Nazi salute. Yeah, yeah, I've been following this a little bit.
0: Yeah, this is the story here. This is a it's a this guy. I don't know. He's a goofy looking guy. He looks like he's probably pretty funny, and he does this the upside down Nazi salute. Is holding your hand down, pointing it kind of at your fing at your toes, right, right. in a you know, well, well of...
2: apparently his routine um, has, uh, well, th- what I've read, his routine has a lot of anti-Semitism jokes in it. Uh, which, by the way, we have a lot of anti-Semitism jokes in America. Comics do that a lot. We, we make jokes about everybody, I think. But, well, I, they... but but that's not it's illegal in France. I guess. No, no, it is. The... It's illegal. You can't, you can't, uh, there's no freedom of speech. I would
0: like to get some translations of his act to see what yeah. the hell he's doing. But he apparently is... Here's the uh, here's what's going on. It's a big deal in France.
12: Here in France, the row over a comedian at the center of an anti-Semitism debate continues. Giudonné Mballa Mballa was banned from performing on Thursday night, just hours after a court in the western city of Nantes said he could go ahead with his show. Well, this amid an ongoing tug-of-war with the government and controversy over his so-called Canel hand gesture. Canel, yeah. <laughs>
16: Is this the first of many disappointments for the fans of Dieudonné? France's top administrative court overturned a decision by a local judge to let the controversial comic take to the stage.
5: In our society, we can't accept even slight complacency with regards to anti-Semitism, which so goes against our values and principles.
16: Dudoné insists he's merely anti establishment and anti Zionist and denies his trademark Canel gesture is an inverted Nazi salute. Still, local authorities in several other cities like Nice, Marseille and Bordeaux have issued a ban against his show. The State Council's swift ruling came as a surprise and Dudoné's lawyers called into question its validity. It was simply impossible for me to make it on time for the hearing held in Paris at the Council of State. It's a very clear violation of the defendant's rights. Previous attempts to ban the comedian's show had been systematically rejected by appeals courts, on the grounds there was no evidence the show would stir public disorder. It remains unclear whether yesterday's final ruling will set a precedent. In the meantime, Doudonnet said he would file an official complaint with the European Court of human rights. Many today wonder if the publicity gained by the comic from this ongoing judicial saga doesn't, in the end, defeat the purpose of the government's attempt at silencing him.
7: Um,
2: so I have a thought here. Uh, first of all, this is obviously a part of the intolerance uh, or tolerance laws that are being uh, written EU-wide where you just can't be intolerant towards anybody. You just cannot say that. So that this is your, your basic freedom of speech in the European Union but there's also a slight problem with uh president holanda he's uh, he's been caught cheating on his girlfriend
0: yeah the clip there Oh, you got a clip of that? Because I think it's a yeah, distraction.
2: Yeah, I'd say this is a distraction. Anything to take the heat off of him. Let's hear your clip
12: here. Francois Hollande, Florence Zemino, there a little earlier. Well, staying here in France, and President Francois Hollande is considering suing a magazine after it claimed he was having an affair with an actress. The latest edition of the weekly tabloid closer features seven pages about his alleged affair with Julie Gayet. Well, in a statement obtained by AFP news agency, Hollande called the report uh, an attempt Attack on the right to privacy. The president, who has never married, has four children with politician Ségolène Royal and has been living in recent years with journalist Valérie Triveler. Well, it's considered uh, France's first lady. Yeah.
0: Yeah, whatever. This guy gets around. He's got four kids, <laughs> never got married.
12: <laughs> yeah.
0: And he he's lives with some journalist, and yeah. now he's having an affair with his hot yeah. actress. And he lives in a palace. Yeah, he goes over to her place. Yeah. So he, he's denying this. He's just suing for invasion of privacy. <laughs> yeah. And and they did man on the street. Everybody in France is on his side. Yeah, they're like, hey, look at her. Hey, look at her. <laughs> she is a hot piece of ass. De, le, derrière, a show.
2: Come on. Yeah, no, no. We got problems back here. That's where the problems are. Uh, of course, we know that according to the uh, uh, United Nations uh, Office of um, Mm. drug tracking what the hell was the name of that with that report they come out with every year we look at it yeah yeah well i always put i forgot what it's called now um uh poppy production in afghanistan all-time high yeah all-time high of course (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's what we're there for go look go look at the where the camps are where our bases are and then look at the poppy production we're protecting it
13: And it's paying off in spades. Even a pristine place like Vermont has a major drug problem, most especially heroin.
11: In every corner of our state, heroin and opiate drug addiction threatens us.
13: Governor Peter Shumlin devoted his entire state of the state speech to this one issue, forcefully calling to have this gripping documentary on Vermont's drug addiction shown in schools statewide. The first pill I used was a Percocet and Vicodin and... Then it moved on to Oxycontin, and then it went to heroin. Why Vermont? One theory, higher prices in this rural area. That means bigger profits for dealers. Nationwide, more people die of drug overdoses than from motor vehicle crashes. That's triple the number from 1990. As we discovered on a recent ride-along with police in New Jersey, heroin is cheap and readily available.
1: Heroin is much, much cheaper than prescription medication. Give me the ratio. Uh, a 30 milligram oxycodone pill, $30. An 80 milligram oxycontin, $80. A bag of heroin, $4.
0: Woohoo!
13: And now a governor has joined the chorus of concern. $4 for a bag of heroin? <laughs> it's
0: not that hard to believe, but again. Well, it's Jersey.
2: uh Uh, wow but you notice how the kid got hooked on opium products through the pharmaceutical industry first that's kind of a charm it does you know get the kids on the on the on the synthetic stuff and then when you know then then you show up on the corner with your four dollar baggie maybe a very small bag uh that's what's so sad that is so that (laughs) that saddens me it really does I wonder I, I don't know about heroin. I've never done it.
0: Good thing. I don't
2: know. I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. I know people who have done it. it doesn't sound great.
0: Well, it doesn't be in the it's zoned out.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, there's got to be something about it. People seem to like it. Seem to be using it well, over
0: and over again. It people, a lot of people have addicted like a lot of different weird things. Yeah. I don't know how some of this stuff can... How people can like a lot of this stuff. It just seems to me to be counter... It's not a product. No.
2: It's not... It's what we call not an outstanding product.
0: So I was watching somebody... I was listening to some radio guy, and he's going on and on about the sexual innuendo on CBS's Two and a Half Men. I have it on here as sexual innuendo on ABC, but CBS. And I... And how it's like completely out of control sexual innuendo. It's just nonstop the whole show. Uh So I decided to see if this, and in fact, it it is not only true, but it's actually beyond just, it's just, here's a segment I just thought would be a nice break in the action for our show. This sexual innuendo is just completely over the top. And I, I, it was fun at the same time. Uh, I'm
2: sorry. You you have a whole new sound right now on the Skype. <laughs> Good. Is uh, that ad- d- d- No.
9: Rar. I just got invited to a party in the hills tonight. You guys want to go?
7: Yes!
9: <laughs> Come on, aren't you having fun? Look, if you don't want to
7: go,
2: I can give guys a ride to the party. Jeff in the front, Larry in the rear.
8: <laughs> It'll be tight, but... We can make it work. <laughs> oh, I don't think it'd be that tight.
15: <laughs> I got to start watching this show again. <laughs> Man. Isn't that like over the top to you?
2: Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, especially because they throw the laugh track in there the whole time.
0: Yeah. Wow. No, no, I thought it was an over the top, especially with the, the final punchline, it wouldn't be that tight, <laughs> which is the insult line. Which... Wow. Yeah. That's 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 pretty good. The insult. Entire show is just sexual innuendo.
2: Yeah, well, people want that. This is what people like. It's, you know, <laughs> the, yeah. The, come on, this is what media is. Oh, I can't believe he said that. Yeah. This is this is what the old. That's the old world, and that old world. It's coming to an end. Slowly, it's coming to an end. Less and less people are watching. It'll just all end. We we might even witness the end of it.
0: Uh, let's hope. So so they had the, uh, you know, so Target finally announced they had 110 million people, not 40.
2: Now, but not just 110 million people, but also, uh, I guess this is from their own card system, because they had names, email addresses, yeah. physical addresses. And I have to question if, if, if even the 110 million, I, I think they may be lying about that.
0: And then it, apparently Neiman Marcus got the same
2: hack. And according to Reuters, there are more who have not even um been reported yet they say that they know who but they can't report it or whatever that there's a lot more retail outlets who have who have been cracked during the same period yeah well you know what that means government <laughs> yeah and time for some cyber legislation everybody that's yeah. what that's what we need it's coming
0: yeah it's something good. something is up with this with this hack and target was tr- We have to do a little research, but I'll bet you there's a reason Target became the target. Well, I do know
2: that, uh, and I found this interesting, Target um, actually operates, as one of their businesses operates, you probably got an email about this too, uh, a uh, a forensics laboratory specifically for cyber forensics, which I found to be quite interesting. I didn't even know that, you know, I didn't know they had diversified that much. Uh, So they are now, in fact, I guess... um, Investigating their own hack, maybe even because this target um, forensics lab works for the government. But really, what's what's happening is we're we're seeing uh, the legislation. I think I have a copy of it. It may even be in the show notes. I'll have to take a look of what some of this uh, proposed legislation is going to look like. Here we go. It's the CFAA. Uh, this is the Leahy bill. And there's going to be a lot of um, penalties, specifically for retail, uh, if they allow their customers, which I think is, I'm not quite sure how they can do that. I guess they can pass whatever bill they want. Um, let me see here. Uh, the, uh, the administration's proposal to update the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, yeah, that's the CFAA, attempted computer hacking and conspiracy to, comp- to commit computer hacking offenses Will now will its a proposal to be subject to the same criminal penalties, and it'll be a, fe- a felony. Uh, so even if you conspire to commit this, you will be guilty of a felony, which is interesting. Um, and there will be a lot of penalties for um, not reporting data breaches, and actually, if there, a data breach takes place, then. Um, you as a um, as a, even as a retail outlet can be prosecuted.
0: I'm not quite sure how that works. It's pretty odd. And how does it affect banks? Those guys are getting hacked constantly.
2: Well, the actually hacking into bank banks like they're like the real like into the into the system. I don't know if that's. Really happening? Oh yeah, I know they're getting DDoS, and I know that the sites are being. No, they're getting down.
0: hacked. There's no question about it.
2: Mm. Uh, there's been no reporting of it.
0: It gets reported once in a while, but it's it's, it's incredibly hushed up.
2: Mm. So it's this
0: once is in a a while, so.
2: so so. These are the amendments coming uh, to the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. It will make it a crime for a person who knows of a security breach which requires notice to individuals. So if you don't report it, see something, say something. Um, and then, so that's the Personal Data Privacy and Security Act. I don't know, John. It's um, it, w- What we do know is that for the banks, this is kind of a wash, particularly with all the free money they're getting. It doesn't matter.
0: Well, not only that, but the 18% interest rate they charge most people for their cards covers all this wow. fraud.
2: You're, you have a card with only 18%? <laughs> which which bank is that? <laughs> I think it's more like twenty three or twenty seven percent.
0: It's to cover the fraud. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so th- they could th- tighten things up, but they won't.
2: They have no incentive. They have no incentive. But even that, I mean, how you? This is you know, Kaczynski was right. There is no stopping this. For every. For every new security measure implemented, there will be uh, there will be cracked, hacked, insider jobs. This is it's a never ending story. I don't see how it'll ever ever change unless we just start using cash again. That's what I do. You are you completely off of uh, plastic altogether? No,
0: you can't be off plastic altogether. I can't order from Amazon with cash.
2: Right. Yeah, that would be the one, man. If Amazon got got hammered like that, wow. That would be the one, eh? Because they got my card. They got my info.
0: Yeah, they got everything. Yeah. So it looks like uh, global cooling is being reconfirmed, although they won't say it.
2: Oh, man. I'm seeing so much um, protest. Um, This is what I'm seeing, and I don't know if you have any clips or anything. I'm seeing uh, a lot of real angry protest against the suggestion that hey maybe it's cooling a little bit and uh, it's got really cold and I'm seeing here salon does infographics of scientists who doubt human caused climate change and it's like you know, a pie chart where you see a little thin oh, line that's bull crap. and that's the one guy who disagrees
0: the one guy who disagre- was I looked at that and I, do- I downloaded the spreadsheet that the guy had those were papers that had nothing to do with I anything.
2: I know, I know. It
0: was just a it, it, it one guy. That's anyway, so but I think this I think this report this global cooling report that I have mm-hmm. says it just tells me that something's up and nobody wants to use the nobody wants to use the coo, the C word, the cooling word. We end tonight with a mystery of
11: nature. Majestic birds, usually found this time of year near the top of the world, are flocking south to parts of the United States. Jim Axelrod now on this winter wonder. Well, right now we're just trying to uh, get a
5: look at a snowy owl. It is just about the best winter ever for bird watchers in the northeast at least for those interested in the snowy owl.
13: We don't want to disturb it, but we want to
5: get a decent look at it too. But the trip they've been making 3,000 miles from their usual habitat in the Arctic Circle has put these magnificent creatures
1: in danger.
5: Norman Smith is a director of the State Audubon Society. We removed 53 from Logan Airport.
11: And in a normal winter, how many might you see? Six. We're not even a month into winter yet.
6: You're right. So this will be the biggest year for snowy owls that certainly I've ever seen.
2: <laughs> the snowy owl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. They they're, they're
0: not spread, stupid. They're spreading
2: out. <laughs> they're not stupid. They no. can't they can't read. Uh Al Roker, who is the um the weatherman on uh the Today Show, who I've worked with quite a bit. Back in my Z one hundred days, Z one hundred, Z one hundred, everybody, and I can uh, safely say, at the time, at least when I worked with him, he was he was an incredible dick,
7: mm-hmm.
2: self obsessed, just dick. Um, so he got really, he was freaking out because, uh, and I and there's no reason for him to do this, by the way. This is what what makes me suspicious. Of course, the polar vortex. Uh, and there was a lot of noise saying, "Oh, this is made up," and it's brand. Of course, we know that it's not new because this showed up at least in 1974 when it was when uh, global cooling at the time was blamed on the polar vortex. But um, Al Roker, for some reason, feels he has to yell and scream and protest about this—that it's not some conspiracy about global cooling. I'm not quite sure what is going on, but for the first time. People like him are really on the defensive about their stance on climate change. And it's interesting end of note, I feel.
11: A lot of folks have been saying there's no such thing as a polar vortex and that it's some left-wing media conspiracy. Well, uh, Let me tell you something. First of all, we've never used the phrase global warming or climate change in conjunction with this. This is from my textbook from college, the Glossary of Meteorology from the American Meteorological Society, copyright 1959. Okay, and here we go. Take a look right here okay polar vortex there it is okay so for all the doubters out there stuff it some are saying uh, that a we've created this phrase to hype it and to create hysteria and that we have made it a uh, political issue by linking it to either climate change or global warming i will give anybody who can prove that i have ever linked this with global warming or climate change i will donate a thousand dollars
0: to your charity (laughs) all right
2: Mm, a little weird this protest of his
0: i think so who was accusing him of anything? I don't know. He, he, he probably nobody. got some email, you know, from some guy saying, eh. And he just flew off the handle. Mm.
2: Uh just, just in, and then we should go and thank some people. Adam from Brian the uh the gay crusader. Your commentary on the widened comments has inspired me to spend the next twenty four hours finalizing this thing. This is the white paper, and get uh, and get your blessing pushing it out. Well, you have my blessing. I've been having cold feet about the potential backlash, but I can't let egregious lies being pushed by people like Wyden, who I actually admired for the Clapper thing, stand. Even if my fellow gays turn on me, at least I'll have the truth and facts on my side. Thankfully, the boys I date are far prettier than they are worldly, so I don't anticipate a backlash in that department. (laughs) Really? 24 hours, you'll have it all. All right, cool. About time. There we go. We've, We've inspired him.
0: All right, well, let's uh, thank a few people.
6: I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that.
17: Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda
0: in the morning. And there are a few people to thank, including Stan Salisbury in Gainesville, Florida, $157.56. And he uh, had a guilty conscience, apparently. (laughs) Macbook, 2007 MacBook Pro gave out. He wants it to give us a donation for 2013. Hope puts a bid for tomorrow's show, and it goes on. It sucks that Apple's latest podcast app cannot display the artwork.
2: But, you know, it, this, some people are getting it, some people aren't. So I think, you know, you have to try either resubscribing to the show or deleting the app and reinstalling it. I don't know. It's a, it's a black box as far as I'm concerned. We try. I've got the tags in there. We're doing the best we can.
0: Christopher DiBiase, yeah, that old bard. How did that get in there? I have no 149 idea. One hundred forty-nine bucks in of Macedonia, Ohio. Um, baron Sam Lung in uh, Toronto, good man up there. One twenty-four oh seven. He needs some job karma for a, since he's a baron, he will get his job karma for a smoking hot girlfriend. She has an audition on Wednesday. and He needs to get her back to the same t- time. All right. all
2: right. Well, we'll do the jobs karma jobs, here.
8: Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. Yeah! You've got karma.
2: And there you go. Jobs karma. We do that for our knights.
0: By the way, Christopher, uh, he does get a knighthood and a birthday call out today later. Dame Andrea Garnier in Rocky Mountain House, Alberta, Canada, where all the money is one, two, three, four, five. Thanks for getting Sir Kelly and I through the Blue Monday, slaving over hot computers. <laughs> Andrew Lemesney in Colorado Springs, Colorado, one eleven fourteen. Um, he actually has Sir-
2: that, he has some um, some interesting donation notes of palindromes uh, coming up this year, and I we need everyone to be on the lookout for cool numbers. So four ten fourteen will be four like one zero one four 1, one 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 four. There's like a whole bunch of great numbers coming up, and uh, and uh, alert 10 us days to that. of
0: palindromes for in April. Wow, that is interesting. Four ten fourteen to four nineteen. Of course, yeah. Fourteen Europe gets theirs uh, in October. Sir Brown in one eleven eleven, Spring, Texas. I'd uh, like to make it rain for Rio, Tony, and Kiana. My ex put them on the list. Uh, he says, "Crazy bitch had multiple personalities." I'm not joking. <laughs> tip for other producers: it's the sort of thing you want to know before you married. Let me just write this down. as a good tip.
2: Check <laughs> multiple personalities before nuptials. Got it.
0: You know that is uh, the MK Ultra uh, nutcases all claim that that's a giveaway. Multiple personalities. Yeah. Makes sense. Anonymous in Brooklyn, New York, 111.11. Maxwell Thin? Yeah. Thin. Thin. In Seattle, Washington, 111.11. Elaine, what is that? Hengem, Hengem, I'd say. Hengem. It's like Hengem in Gainesville, Florida, 10101. Thank you. Christopher Luna in San Antonio, Texas, 100. Stager, or Stager, or Stager, Stager. In Troy, Ohio, 100. Archibald Kelly, Niagara Falls, Ontario. Niagara Falls, friends, a uh, hundred dollars. Friend, Frenzy Designs in Bradenton, Florida, hundred dollars. And as I scroll up, Charles Bennett in Boise, Idaho, a uh, hundred dollars. And we, he's got to call it to the stage.
2: No, no, you can't do that. That's you got to have the make it rain
0: donation. Yeah, which is one eleven eleven. We got that from uh Mac Tank in La Jolla, California, anonymous on 99 dollars in Poway, California, Poway. Joshua Baxter, 8888 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. He's a recent college grad and we'll give him some karma He needs job karma at the end of the session. You it. Yeah, you got Karma it. for everybody. Baroness Baron Baronettes <laughs> Janice Kang in Milpitas, California. 88, 88. Uh, Kyle Leckie in Kirkland, Washington, which is where Costco is. Frank Pugh, that's $88. Frank Pugh, 75 from Tallahassee, Florida. 73, 73. Colin, 73, 73. Streamwood, Illinois, Brian Williams. Navid Khan, Jersey City. And?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. I can- I'm trying to go on as fast as I can, man. Ugh.
0: 69! 69! We actually got a...
2: It's back. What happened?
0: We got a bunch. Yeah. Navid Khan. Jersey Grand Duke Stephen Pelsmacher's not one to give it up in in Belgium. Well, 60, hold we on a second. We have to play the Pelsmacher's team.
2: Jeez, this is crazy. Who expected this? There we go.
17: Lords, dames, knights, slaves, and elites. Please be upstanding for another donation from the Grand Duke von Pelsmacher's. Hey, bam.
0: And all Grand Dukes will get that uh, forever. Well, as long as we can take it. Which means Foley's going to have to get a big oh, yeah. pretty
2: soon. Yeah, it's time.
0: Gregory, well, we'll have to take a look. Gregory Worley in Eventon, Virginia. Nick Barnes, these are all sixty nine, sixty nine. North Canton, Ohio. Shane O'Hare in Wasila, Arcan- Alaska. Sorry.
2: Get Nation, I can see Russia from here.
0: Yes. <laughs> James Murray in Houston, Texas. Clay, well, you got me on this one. Bacheviche, Bacheviche, in Tucson, Arizona. I'm guessing uh, witness protection for some of these people mm-hmm. in Tucson.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, look at the names. Hello.
0: <laughs> Ronald Sidero in Riverview, Florida. Sir Mike in Rancho Cucamonga. California. Richard, Victor Greg in Decatur, Georgia. This is a big list. This is a great list. Cole Kalistra in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. Nuts. Matthew Morgan uh, Mongan Mongan. Mongan Eat, sixty nine, sixty nine, <laughs> Hampstead, in Maryland. And Michael Greer. Hey, Shikshini. In Shikshini. And finally James Butcher in Dalwilinu. Western Australia. 69! Del-
7: 69,
0: 69 Wow, good showing. It's back. The enough Karma
2: pays off in spades.
0: Apparently. Mickey Van L- in Le- Holland. Van Leeuwen. Van Leeuwen. In? What's the name of the place here? Vag- uh, Vageningen. Wageningen. Wageningen.
2: Wageningen. <laughs>
0: 6111. Philip Coster in Rosendahl in Rosendahl, no,
2: you had it right. Rosendahl. Rosendal.
0: Rousendal, sixty. Uh Daniel Torello Torello. Daniel Torello in Charleston, South Carolina. Beautiful town, by the way, sixty dollars. John White, Jackson, Tennessee, fifty eight twenty, Sir Michael Randall, Halifax, Nova Scotia, seven fifty seven seventy five. Tom Miller, Napierville, Illinois, fifty five fifty five. Jeremy King, Gilmer, Texas. Gilmer. 55-55, Shane Pettin, Cartersville, Georgia, 55-55, Eric Shearer, double nickels on the dime uh, in Anchorage, Alaska. And finally, Scott Carbon in Waterford, Michigan, double nickels on the dime along with Jacqueline Champlin in Laguna Hills. That's 55-10. That's a lot of – that's a beautiful area. She's uh, got money. <laughs> Philip Murket, Murket. In Rothheimster. I can't tell is a missing word.
2: Rotanminster. Rothaunster, I in think.
0: Deutschland. These are all fifty these are the final ones, fifty dollars from Steven Fettig in Delavan, Wisconsin, and Adam, T- Adam Tucker in Moraba, Moranba Moranba. Oh Moranba. Yeah. Moranba. Matt Comstock in Wolcott, Connecticut. And finally, um, David Goguin in Westminster, Massachusetts. Nuts. Michael Middleton, Chicago, Illinois.
2: Michael Madaloni. I don't know where. Put
0: on the glass. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with me today. Yeah. Yeah, Madaloni. Hey, Madaloni. Sorry. Madaloni. Tom Wolfgarth, Johnson City, Tennessee. John Grumling. Battlement Mesa, Colorado. We yeah, have these people are scattered. Mm-hmm. De Prato in Summer. Oh. Jeffrey Anderson, Pittsburgh, hold, Pennsylvania. Hold on,
2: hold on a second, John. You cut out. You cut out there. Anthony W. De Prato in Somerset, Kentucky. And then Jeffrey Anderson in Pittsburgh.
0: Okay. Jason Fortune in Geneva, Illinois. Paul Vella, Milton Keynes, UK. Adam Hebert in South Windsor, Connecticut. Erez Schatz in israel sukovi alexander our buddy in moscow mm-hmm. which we need more reports from mm-hmm. and finally john Streg and scott soltis uh in san antonio and indianapolis respectively and indianapolis comes in right at the end again giving us an indication something's up
2: And let's uh, hand out the general purpose karma for everybody who requested it. Thank you very much for your support of the show. You've got karma. Also known as the best podcast in the universe. And uh, we uh, really appreciate it. Uh, And it's great because we get to do the show the way you want it, with your input, with your uh, information, with your uh, knowledge. We have a lot of really educated, smart people in, in very specific areas that we know nothing about that clearly never are asked anything by the mainstream media. No, they always talk to the toothless wonder on the street. Um, So it's, um, I was going somewhere with that. Oh, yes, here's where I was going. We don't have to go the route of the New York Times, who now, and I'm surprised, man, the New York Times now doing native ads. Have you seen these? This This is a scandal, in my opinion. In, in my opinion as well, I, I'm seeing huge, particularly technology, they, they were Explain doing Explain what
0: week. a native ad is.
2: Well, a native ad is essentially um, a story that promotes a product or a service that is written either by or uh, in... Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, it is commissioned by the advertiser to write right. the story, and it is usually a positive story. It's a puff piece. It's a puff piece, but it's for the advertiser and it is placed basically in the publication. So the New York Times...
0: As editorial.
2: As editorial. And it's, it'll say, the New York Times now says paid post. Uh, but you go in and, and I have to say they, they're they hiring real journalists and or real writers at least. And, you know, they have little stories and it's all... Dell is the one that I saw and they have, you know, little bits and pieces about... Uh, I think the one I thought was interesting was... Um, how Common Core standards will now uh, ensure that the technology that is used for Common Core has to adhere to certain standards, and there'll be tests. And of course, it turns out Dell actually is already ahead of the curve, and they're ready for that. Um, and for the New York Times to do that, uh, I agree. I think it's scandalous as well. I mean, it, it's a, they they clearly either can't make enough money to uh, to exist, and so they just. Essentially, create infomercials which now are called native ads.
0: Yeah, it's the equivalent of an infomercial. If the info, it's actually more like those, like that, the pieces that we catch being run on the regular news that promote McDonald's to lose weight.
2: Yeah, exactly. Similar to that. Exactly. Um, and it, and it is the future of, uh, of how media is going to work. And I think the lines blur way too much. That's okay. At least they're putting a little sticker on it. So far. <laughs> just Yeah, a little sticker. So we don't have to do that, and that is uh, highly appreciated. Of course, we don't have the overhead of the New York Times. We also don't have the salary of a lot of the people at the New York Times, certainly not cumulatively, Uh, So the only way that we can maintain this is for you to support us through your donations. Dvorak.org slash NA.
15: Dvorak.org
7: slash NA.
2: So happy to congratulate people on their birthdays. If you send us the information, we'll do it for you. Uh, Christopher DiBiase says happy birthday to his wife, Heather. She celebrates tomorrow. Daniel Torelio. Torelio is, uh, oh, he says happy birthday to his mom. She turns 60 today. Tom Wolforth turns 31 on the 14th. And Sir Ray Jacobson, 52 tomorrow. Happy birthday from all your friends here at the best podcast in the universe. It's
7: your birthday, yeah.
2: And then we do have one nighting. Uh, Christopher. Let me see. I think Christopher had a note to go with his. Let's see. Yes, Christopher uh, from Macedonia, Ohio, put in $149 uh, to the cause today. Last-minute plea for donations made me look at how close to knighthood I was. This will complete my knighthood. Please wish my beautiful wife Heather a happy birthday. And we just did that. And uh, so we'd love to uh, have you step forward, uh, Christopher. And uh, John? Oh, sorry. That is good to Christopher DiBiase, step forward, my friend. Thank you very much for your last-minute donation. It really helped the show and put you over the top. $1,000 or more. gives you a seat at the table of the dames and the knights, and I hereby pronounce the Sir Christopher Knight of the Noagenda Roundtable for you, sir. Cuban cigars and single malt scotch, cannabis and cabernet, hot librarians and Jager bombs, opium and warm orange juice, hookers and blow, rent boys chardonnay, hot pants and booze, wenches and beer, geishas and sake, vodka and vanilla, sparkling cider and escorts, or if you want plain old mutton and mead, go to noagendanation.com slash rings and pick up your ring. And thank you again for your support. Six years and still going strong uh with uh, the model that no one understands uh no <laughs> no know. one no one gets it no one gets it and it's okay because uh, I'm happy with the club that we have this is this is this is not it's, a,
0: it's actually a simple model but in some ways there's some complexity involved that that's it's just baffling i guess to people that don't understand uh, well someone I, tweeted
2: I me today and said I'm not sure someone tweeted me today and said. Don't you hate begging for money? And first of all, uh, no one's begging for money. Uh, This is a value for value proposition.
0: Yeah, we're not standing on the corner delivering nothing.
2: No, thank you. How many hours a week?
0: Six? Six hours a week of show, and then we have at least three times that or more each on prep.
2: That's all I do. Well. That's all I do.
0: It's a lot of... I and, and I you crazy.
2: and I do have to thank I want to thank Dave Jones once again, unsung hero uh, of the uh, the No Agenda family, who has really worked very hard uh, with me creating uh, the systems that make it all run, uh, and and everything eventually flows into show notes, and and that that's some real value there. The value that continues to live in the show notes, so you can always find uh, all the stuff that we're talking about.
0: The show notes are on incredible. Uh, the show notes are, are the, worth the price of admission. Yeah. People should spider those show notes. They're, they're outrageous.
2: Looks like uh, the push for uh, uh, vaccination is just off the hook. Have you been
0: following the, the news about uh, uh, about the flu? Did you see a story about how this H1N1 is different than the other H1N1? Have you seen any of those pieces? Mm, I just find that weird. I, I you're, got. Well, I they're promoting the crap out of this. Yes,
2: thing. no, they are. They're they're re- they're really pushing it very hard. <laughs> and in fact, uh, our 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 Scandinavian friends are picking up on it. In
9: Alberta today, you could be excused for wondering if the Flames or the Oilers were selling NHL playoff tickets. Hundreds of people, hours in line, queues snaking along city sidewalks. But no one was thinking slap shots. This was all about flu shots, and the goal wasn't a box office, just a pharmacy counter. The CBC's Chris Brown looks at what's driving a sudden fever. So, gee, I think we know what's
2: driving a sudden fever is a bunch of fear mongering about people dying. Yeah, because this is this is what we saw in 2009 in the United right. States, and now they're doing it in Scandinavia
14: given the choice between joining the flu shot frenzy or ignoring it a lot of people in alberta today played it safe and got the vaccine
12: i wasn't going to get one this year but since if there's been such a big outbreak i figure I should.
2: such a big outbreak
0: wow you know every year if they just took this h1n1 off the table they could do this death statistic in any area. Same thing. Oh, yeah. Two dead in Contra Costa County, one dead in San Francisco, yeah. one dead in Sonoma County, two dead in Napa County. Yeah. They could do every year you could do this, but this year they've, they've decided to do it with emphasis on h one and one because that's the one that's been pre-promoted
7: mm-hmm.
0: uh, from 2009 on, and they just want to get their money's worth out of the thing. But
2: that's the way I see it as well. And Jake Tapper, um, who of course... You know, Jake is an interesting guy uh, because he got fired from ABC for asking the wrong questions, and they got demoted to CNN. Uh, he had the direct the CDC's director of viral. Oh, it's like influenza, no, um, of stuff that makes you die. Uh, that director, and it's funny because the CDC directors they always have uniforms on for some reason. Like they, I don't know, they're like there's some militaristic outfit. And so this woman um, comes on his show and she, well, Jake is asking the right questions. The answers are interesting.
10: So remember, it isn't too late to protect
2: yourself against flu this year.
14: A message for everybody listening right now, get a flu immunization if you have not gotten one already. There's the commercial.
2: Okay, we're listening,
14: Jake. But it is odd to me and counterintuitive. What makes young, healthy people more susceptible to the H1N1 strain?
2: Now, this is a good question. Because this is the propaganda, is young people, healthy people, healthy young people, you need to get the shot. And I think it's it's just, hey, healthy young people, they're walking around, they're outside, they got a couple bucks, go get a shot, we can sell it to them. That's my answer. But the CDC director will stumble a bit and come up with some answer.
10: There are probably two reasons. Um... One is that uh, the elderly probably were exposed to an H1N1-like strain when they were young.
2: <laughs> Does this make sense, Dr. Dvorak?
0: Well, it's the, there's a couple of ways of looking at it. If that's true, I mean, it makes sense logically. But if that's true, why is the second pandemic taking place in the first place? Because of all the shots that were given in 2009. Let's listen to the second reason.
10: And so they have some natural immunity that has persisted. And then in terms of the, um, the other reason, is that non-elderly people just aren't as likely to get vaccinated. We're doing better and better with children right now. Each year we're seeing rising rates of children getting vaccinated. It's becoming a norm really for parents to know that getting their uh, kids vaccinated is the right thing to do. Uh, but adults, it's a little slower going. And so we're really encouraging people, especially pregnant women, oh. people with chronic medical conditions, the extremely obese. These are groups that can be very hard hit with flu when they get it. And we're seeing a lot of hospitalizations in those populations.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, That's not enough though. I think we need to do more and to sell more.
14: And we talked about how 10 children have died from flu related illnesses. What's your advice for parents out there? How young is too young for a flu vaccine? At what age should they start to get one?
10: Each one of these deaths is so tragic, and we have already lost 10 children this year from influenza. Only one of those children was vaccinated. So I strongly recommend parents to make sure your children are vaccinated appropriately. We recommend everybody six months of age and over get a flu vaccine. Uh, it can be a shot or a spray depending on your age and your medical conditions um, and some children under nine years of age need two doses. So if you're a parent and your child already got a flu vaccine you might want to make sure check with your doctor or nurse about whether the child needs a second dose during what is the th- season.
2: What is that? Now you need a second shot? Oh come on! No, that doesn't make any sense.
0: Why did the kid die if he got the shot? It makes no sense either. I,
2: I don't know. This just doesn't sound like it's real. Have we forgotten 2009, where it now admitted that the... And, and by the way, why don't... Why aren't they claiming a pandemic? Are we not at pandemic levels yet? I,
0: I asked that question on a tweet. Oh, you did? Well, good question. Yeah, it's like, why is this not a pandemic? Because I, I was in response to somebody who said, if it gets any worse, they're going to have to call it a pandemic. It sounds like it's already way beyond what happened the first time that they called a pandemic.
2: Let's right. look at do we remember the definition of the pandemic cuz I know they changed that but yeah, they CDC definition of pandemic there's there know there was it was really low and I think we we can probably call this, John. We can probably let's see pandemic definition ah oh, yeah 2009 revisions this is from the book of knowledge i should actually let Consult
7: know. the book of Knowledge.
2: okay it was a 2009 mm-hmm. pandemic world house oh, it's uh, a disease or condition is not a pandemic merely because it is widespread or kills many people it also must be infectious okay it is in a virtual press conference in May 2009 on the influenza pandemic, uh, Director General said an easy way to think about pandemic is a global outbreak. Ah, it's not a global outbreak yet, John. That's the problem.
0: Well, it's Canada, the U.S., there must be, well, they're just not playing it as global.
2: No, not yet. It
0: has no, to be in getting, Europe. It's a little late. It's getting a little late. Well, maybe yeah. they can still have some time. Yeah. h one 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 global uh, oh, meanwhile okay. uh,
2: the the true of course, fix is Tamiflu. Uh, it looks like we have a shortage of Tamiflu now
13: yeah they're jacking up the price With health news the cdc said today the flu is now widespread in two-thirds of these united states that is up sharply from just a week ago at this time now there's also a shortage of the main drug to treat it while it is winter this is flu season it is worth paying attention to this growing threat we get the latest on it tonight from nbc's
2: this by the way is a fine example of native advertising right here that's what it is this is it, all they need is a little sticker that says, paid post. This is native advertising. Janet Shamley. Is that a heart?
10: Sean McCoy was surprised Remember? when his daughter Kennedy came down with the flu on New Year's Day. Daddy, Daddy. The two-year-old had a flu shot last fall. Oh. So did the entire family. Their doctor prescribed Tamiflu for all five of them.
2: I See, I don't get this. She had the flu shot. You have to get it every single year, I guess. because you don't, Old people have resistance because they had it. But then you get the shot, and then you have to have it again every year, even though it's the same thing. It's, 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 it's no, no one is making any sense. Dr. Oz, please help me. Help me understand how it works.
0: Do you have a Dr. Oz clip? No, I don't. But
2: I'll take it. I'll take it from Dr. Oz. I'll take it from that. So
0: I'm looking at I'm looking Sanjay at Gupta, the, anybody. I'm looking at the global incident map for outbreaks and a it doesn't look global enough. It's no. only Belize, Romania, Canada, and the U.S. are the only places that have this flu. Hmm. On a on a basis, there's an outbreak in Belize. There's a one case of swine swine flu in Romania. Yeah. Uh,
2: well, that won't do. It's just not good enough.
0: No, this is weird that we have. why, why is it? This doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't know. It's weird. I, I'm very skeptical about this whole, the way it's working. I I got a I have a CES report.
2: CES, the con- the Consumer
0: Electronics Show. Yeah, it was a big show in Vegas with a bunch of junk that are trying to sell to the public. I, I
2: heard and, that wearable technology is the buzzword this year, John.
0: It was at the beginning, and then after the show was over, everyone said there's nothing, it, it's a dud.
2: <laughs> it's a dud?
0: Yeah, dud. <gasps> Clip? So I have this CES report with it. there's a there's a thing a guy says in here that just this is the reason I don't go to these events and this is why I'm kind of I'm going to tell you what it is. It just galls me that these people get away with saying certain things.
8: TVs. When it comes to glass, everything's curved now. And LG's new flex phone. And they say that they could actually come so thin that you'll be able to someday be able to fold your phone up. LG also unveiling home chat. Turn your appliances on and off by text. We used to (laughs) rush home to turn on the washer and dryer. Now we can hit send cleaning, send it a
15: text message, and it'll start cleaning. (laughs) My favorite? (laughs)
0: go we used to rush home to turn on the washer and dryer (laughs) i can't wait honey let me do it please who rushes home i'm asking you it doesn't ask adam who the heck rushes home to turn on the washer and dryer oh god i gotta get (laughs) home on the washer and dryer because if i don't get there in time i won't be able to turn it on i mean what is the logic here
2: <laughs> well, it's the same logic that is, you know, makes my refrigerator know that I need milk and orders it for me.
0: It it's so galling to hear some idiot from LG say that we, it was this was his quote, "We used to, no we didn't. We never rushed home to turn on the washer and dryer." Nobody did, ever.
2: I'm also, I, it's funny cuz I'm also angry about dishwashers in general. Forget washer dryers. Uh, I think dishwashers are failing. When you have to put the the forks and the spoons upright in the little basket, otherwise they don't get clean, this technology is not good enough.
0: (laughs) You know what I mean? I like my washer, and I, what I do use you have? a.
2: What kind of dishwasher do you have?
0: I okay, did a lot of research before. We had out uh, used to have this. I think it was a Frigidaire. They don't even make them anymore. By the way, this high is this is pressure, tech news.
2: This, this is tech news. You really that will really help you.
0: This is high good. pressure stainless steel. It was like the thing kept high pressure. The thing kept, the thing kept blowing up. So I did some research and realized that you don't want a stainless steel interior. You want a plastic interior because it's, it's really quiet. Stainless steel is really noisy, so you want to get rid of that. So I got a Kenmore, mm-hmm. a, and it, you don't want electronic controls because it's a wet device and it's going to screw up because of water. The thing is just, all, you know, just a water device. Right. So you want just a, manual controls, simple plastic interior Kenmore. Kenmore. fantastic product and uh, and cheap and do you have to pre-wash your plates no it's got a grinder in it of some sort
2: yeah this is what I want this get a cheap
0: Kenmore that has the grinder and it had, which grinds stuff in the it gets rid of with plastic interior which is a lot cheaper than stainless steel what do you want stainless steel and who cares and it's just a dynamite product
2: I'm looking now Grinder, you say, huh?
0: Yeah, it's got some sort of a thing that grinds. You know, it gets all this. If the food gets goes into something, it grinds up the big the, pieces.
2: The chopper blade is that it?
0: <laughs> I don't know what it's called anymore. The
2: Kenmore Elite dishwasher.
0: Aha, uh-huh. that's probably electronic. You'd have to be uh, Here we skeptical. Go.
2: Cleaning the grinder of the Kenmore Elite. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, of course, you know we, we we are in a rental home because you know. <laughs> I can't. I can't get a mortgage, um, so we get a rental uh, home uh, dishwasher, and it's just no good.
0: A lot of dishwashers are pretty crappy. Yeah, but we but have no, we have nothing but good luck with. But this
2: one day you'll be able to fold up your your phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and
0: you'll be able. You don't have to rush home to turn on the washing machine.
2: And what is the, <laughs> what is what is the purpose of curved televisions?
0: I have no idea.
2: <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful world we live in. Well, while we're on the technology news, this is something that I am keeping a close eye on. Is the uh, And this, this cropped up a while ago, and now they're really pushing it, the idea of the sponsored data plan that AT&T and Verizon are talking about, where if you're watching, I guess Netflix is the example, then Netflix will pay for your data usage, and this is this is being watched very closely by people who believe that ultimately, uh, AT and T will degrade service of other uh, other other data streams because it's not paid for or not paid for directly or sponsored.
0: Have, have you been following any of this? Yeah, yeah. There's something I think this is all part of the Netflix uh, move to stream 4K. Ah,
2: yeah, that's a good point.
0: Because that's going to like sink, you know, a lot of people.
2: Do you feel there's a danger for net neutrality or what? Whatever that means.
0: I think the net neutrality argument. I don't know what that's an artificial construct. I'm not buying into it.
2: Ah, D- John at Dvorak.org, everybody. <laughs> John at Dvorak.org. All right, I'll wind up my end here, John. With uh, I got a couple of snow job clips. Uh, first was John Miller. Uh, who was, uh, I don't know if he's staying with CBS or not. I know he's going to, you know, he's, he's joining the the New York police armed forces, because <laughs> <laughs> that's what they are in New York, uh, as I guess he's going to be spokeshole or whatever. And he was on uh, his CBS show that was Charlie and Gail. And he said something very interesting about the similarity between being a reporter and being uh, an intelligence uh, officer.
13: Are
3: you in your heart a journalist? or a law enforcement official. Um, I would recast that question to say, am I a journalist or an intelligence officer? Only because there's almost no difference. (laughs) Intelligence is nothing more than understanding a problem. Intelligence with very good analysis is understanding a problem well enough to do something about it. The work of intelligence officers and um, reporters is extraordinarily similar. Hmm. You become a briefer. You tell your boss, here's the bottom line. These are the potential responses. That's kind of what you all do.
2: or maybe you work for the same three letter agency there you go <laughs> that's the way i read what his statement wow
0: yeah uh I think Jeff- he said i think he actually said it
2: yeah um just so you know what's uh, coming Jeffrey stone who was one of the he was actually the chicago lawyer the only true lawyer i think on the panel who rec- who made 46 recommendations to the president of course most of these will be implemented um, the most important one being the metadata program from the NSA, uh, and he is and when you hear this clip, you'll hear very specifically uh, what is going to happen with the metadata. Uh, the choices were um, leave it at the phone companies or put it into one private place it's pretty clear what's going to happen.
15: Our recommendations basically call for uh, a number of changes in the program that are designed to um, enable it to continue to serve the purpose that it does uh, in terms of protecting the nation, but at the same time to be more respectful of interests of privacy and transparency, uh, and to make sure there's a greater degree of judicial oversight of the use of the metadata. By keeping the metadata at the telecom companies? either at the telephone companies or to create a separate private entity that would have control of the data, um, but not to allow the NSA itself to hold that, um, to, to hold the database. Yeah. Yes. Got yeah. the middleman. Give it right, right yeah. to the mud.
2: Yep. Yeah. It's going to be that's a real bonanza. A real okay. bonanza. All right, John, what you got? Anything else before we get out of here?
0: Oh, I got uh, – there's a bunch of corruption in China. There, there, these numbers are kind of interesting if you want to hear about what they're doing about corruption in China. Uh, the EU popularity is dropping like a rock. I'd like to hear that. Tell me about the EU popularity. Well, this, this is a report. Of course, this was on Russia Today. So the, you know they're trying to make it sound as though that nobody – because there's elections coming up. And everybody yes. uh, th- thinks the EU stinks now that they've, you know, they've gotten their money in the EU and now they went on austerity. So you can play this clip. Uh, it starts off showing that uh, Spain has 7% popularity amongst the public and it's dropped to 27 They never say that in the report, but they show it on a graph. You can hear the rest.
8: Years of austerity and bailouts are taking a toll on the public's confidence in the European Union, with latest polls showing people's serious disappointment in the bloc's leadership. That doesn't bode well for ruling parties with key elections on the doorstep. And here's artist Peter Oliver.
17: Now, in a few months, Europeans will be going to the polls in what could be the most important European parliamentary elections, but the latest Gallup poll statistics, well, don't make good reading for those that will be standing for the top spots across the European Parliament. Even those countries that have received some of the most help, countries like Spain that received €41 billion to bail out its failing banking sector, well, in 2009, 59% of the population said they had faith and they supported the European leadership. It's another country that's traditionally been very pro-EU, is Ireland. They received £67.5 billion, uh, to bail out their failing banking system. 70% of the Irish population had previously said that they supported the European Union. Now that number, 47%. Well, there's also been big declines for support of the EU in countries like Sweden, Finland, Austria, the Netherlands, Denmark, and the UK, for the first time since these type of statistics have existed, the United Kingdom doesn't finish last when it comes to those that support the EU. Currently, that statistic belongs to Greece, with only 19% of their population supporting
0: the European Union. Understand
2: Okay.
0: So its numbers are falling. In support, you mean? No, no, only 19% in Greece. Support the, the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, numbers uh. of, are falling. The, number, the support numbers are falling to right. the floor. Right. Eh, it's just a matter of time.
2: Yeah, well, Miss Mickey uh, wanted an entry in the Red Book. She says, uh, the war is coming. It starts in, in Turkey and spreads
0: westward. She's not cool. There's no need to put a prediction in the Red Book, but I'll put it in.
2: Now, she also wanted me to say some other stuff. What? Well, she got a lot of grief for what I said about her in Israel that she didn't like it. She didn't have a good experience. <laughs> and she in won- Israel? Yeah. Do you remember on the. the oh, last- yeah.
0: You said that she hated it.
2: <laughs> I didn't quite say that, but I had, I have to explain exactly what it was. She was there with her boyfriend at the time, and he was on the, the Israeli national basketball team, uh, Dennis Reisman. I don't know what his name was. And she wasn't allowed to kiss him in the street. That was one. They detained her at the airport for four hours because they thought she was a terrorist and was going to blow him up, apparently. She almost missed her flight. And she didn't like the fact that when they were driving in the car, uh, they said, please roll down your windows because in case there's uh, uh, a bomb explosion, at least the windows won't uh, collapse in on you. And those were the three reasons she didn't have a good experience. This is reasonable. Yeah, I, but I, she wanted me to make sure I mentioned that.
0: I've gone through security. It's laughable. Yeah. You know, they got some douchebag, he's had a lot of questions, thinking he's, you know, figuring something out. It's just a time waste. Yeah. I mean, look at me. I, I look like, a, I look like a, a Nazi, essentially. Why would, uh, why well, they were grilling me, but they were treating, they treat everyone as though they're Arab Arab terrorists. Right. But whatever the case, I don't know. I enjoy Israel a lot. I think it's a very place. The food is great. The views are good. Except for some are pretty grim. I mean, there's parts of Israel that are just dirty. <laughs> hey, we got to go,
2: John, because we're, your your connection is degrading beyond. Uh, All right. Intelligence.
0: I'll, I'll I'll call people up and complain. Yeah,
2: that's okay. It's uh, we were it was good most of the show. But you'll, when you hear the show, it's kind of fun- funny.
0: Funny. You hey. I'm doing my Nixon <laughs>
2: in the morning. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you very much for your support. Uh, we will be back on Thursday, and I'm sure there will be a lot to report on. I'll be reading the bills. We'll be watching the C-SPANS and uh, all the prep that goes into the show that we do for you. Thanks to your support. Dvorak.org slash NA. Enjoy your Sunday. Coming to you from FEMA Region 6 here in the Travis Heights Hideout in the capital of the Drone Star State. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry.
0: And from northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be
2: back on Thursday right here on Your No Agenda. Adios,
15: mofo.
8: The best podcast in the universe. Oreos are just
10: as addictive as cocaine.
15: Dvorak.org <laughs>
7: slash N-A-O.